0: Joe Blow Horror Show, where we review, rate, discuss, and break down horror films, not horror movies. Chika, Chika, what? What's up, guys? We are back, and we do not rate horror films. We rate horror movies. Mister Tebu,
1: how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, boss tuna down here in louisiana and the weather is actually starting to change believe it or not it's not a a hot ass hell like it normally is we've got some cold fronts coming through and uh i'm sitting outside actually enjoying the nice cool temperatures
0: well that's good because it was 88 i think today so kind of puts a damper on the whole fall situation we got going on but I saw pictures up north, my friends and family, the trees are changing, the leaves are, not the trees, the leaves are changing, the colors are looking pretty good, so
1: it's, it's, the leaves are starting tis, to fall.
0: Tis the season, yep. The trees um, are
1: falling down here, man. We had you know, the devastation.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we had uh, about a month ago, so. <laughs> Welcome, friends, to episode 25, we are going to be recovering recovering we are going to be covering the blob (laughs) and darkness falls the discussion topic tonight is what is most important to you in a movie is it the score the cinematography writing etc segment we have oh man buckle up bitches because this segment is going to be Mm. yeah we got something planned for you guys the segment is going to be a shot in the dark and it's going to be a lot different from the last one we did. So get ready for that.
1: Special um, surprise.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I am actually really pumped. This is this is going to be kind of like the highlight, I think, of, of the show. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, It's going to be the segment I'm going to be looking forward to the most. And I guess, I mean, do you have anything uh, you want to add while we're still in introductions? I mean, this is really our first... Real show together. First official.
1: Yep. The the first show was a a top fifteen. I highly recommend anyone who hasn't listened to that go back and check that out. Top fifteen of two thousand nineteen. So we that that came out in
0: September. But hey, you know,
1: I I think it's appropriate. I don't care what anyone says. Haters gonna hate. But listen, just appreciate what Joe Blow is doing for you. Okay, we're giving you movies that you might not have seen from two thousand nineteen halfway through 2020 it's like a reminder like hey by the way if you didn't see these movies still some good I, shit out there fuck yeah man and i think we put a few uh, you know a few little hidden gems in there that some yeah. people might not have heard of so i hope so go back and go back and check that out and i am just like i was for that episode i'm pumped for this one. First official joe blow recording uh yes. or at least traditional joe blow horror show recording
0: with the cherry on top so, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Tibu, but I am a bit thirsty. What do you say we hop into uh, uh, the Teddy Twister and crack a beer real quick? Fuck yeah, I'm parched. right. Well, I'm going to give you the honors and why don't you let us know what you are drinking tonight?
1: All right. Well, I've got, um, first I'm going to start off. I've got some, so I've got some good and I've got some bad and ugly combined into one beer. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to start with this nasty, nasty brew. This is a, uh, bottom of the barrel, cheap piece of shit gas station beer here in Louisiana. It's called, milwaukee's best ice so it's ice (laughs) brewed um yeah the the good thing about this beer is it's like a dollar content right yeah it's a dollar something for 32 ounces but it's got a higher alcohol content than your you know your regulars and on deck i I, the the good of, of, of tonight's pairing i have uh a tall boy of Louisiana's very own Abita Andy Gator. It's got a bite and it's eight percent by volume. Oh, nice, very nice. Yeah. So, don't worry though. This is not going to turn into uh, <laughs> a repeat of the the last time we got together. <laughs> you I don't was, have any Templeton like, left. I no. Like you said, I was nipping that Templeton the whole time, and and yeah, it you know it led me down a road of depravity.
0: That road was really fun traveling though. I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, man. So all right. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to crack this thing real quick. I saved it just for the, for all the listeners.
0: Love it. Love it. Yeah. I do not have the willpower you do. So I already cracked mine and started drinking, but there was a couple of reasons for that. So I am proud to announce for the very first time on the podcast. If you've been following us on social media or slasher, you may already be privy to this information, but I brewed a pumpkin stout and let me tell you what not only am I proud of how the beer turned out which I just cracked and tried tonight I am even more proud of the labels we have so the busy well, bee, yeah yeah the busy bee a regular on the show a regular wow well, he's only been on like two episodes but he folks I'm going to tell you what it, the label he designed is Is awesome. It it's the perfect combination of horror movie and podcast on a little sticker on the beer bottle. So I am going to surprise Tebu with this little bit of information here. I have I'm going to give about three bottles away, maybe four. And Mm. what I am going to do is the first four people that email us, I am going to give you a bottle free. I will pay the shipping. I will mail it out. I don't give a fuck where you live. Oh. I mean, I, I suppose if you live in Australia, I'll pay $75 to ship that shit down there. <laughs> Whatever it is. Someone
2: but I'm in serious. North
0: Korea. <laughs> Email us or reach out on Facebook or even Slasher. I don't care. Email is Blowhororshow at gmail.com. Slasher, same thing. Facebook, same thing find us I'm not kidding I've got three or four beers I will be giving away it's it's Halloween it's like Christmas for horror fans so I'm in that giving mood and I'm really proud Uh, I think that you guys if you like a dark beer uh, it's it's a little bit malty Uh, it's it's toasty and it definitely has the pumpkin and did I tell tell you guys it was a pumpkin stout because it is it's a pumpkin pie pumpkin stout beer so it's it's I'm really proud of it all you have to do the first three people that reach out to me, I will free and clear ship you a bottle. Um, so hit us up. Also, we talk quite a bit here about untapped. I love that app. If you're a beer drinker, a beer snob, like I am, I highly, highly recommend checking it out. We are also on untapped. I, with the help of busy Bee, we created our own brewery. So the brewery is, a uh, uh, Boss Tuna Brewing, and the beer is on it. So, you three that or four that get it, I expect you guys to drink it. I hope you enjoy it, and you have to go on there and check in. So, let everybody else know. Uh, we've already got some reviews on there from people I've handed out some beers to. So, that is what I'm drinking. And did you,
1: did you post a picture of the label to, uh, any of the social media platforms?
0: I did. I posted a picture to slasher, but it, I think it's actually been updated. So I will update, uh, I'll put a picture on Facebook and on, um, slasher, uh, of the new label with the beer. So you guys can kind of see what the color and body and everything looks like.
1: So fucking a man. I, I can't, I mean, I'm so excited. Like when I saw the label, I was like, damn, this is awesome. And that's, that's one of my favorite types of beers is that really malty stuff. Uh, this is the perfect time of year for it to snuggle in right by the fire, sip yep. on that bad boy.
0: And I don't know if I'm more excited for the label or the, or label or the beer. Oh, and I'm not bullshitting you guys. The, the ABV, we tested it. It's right around like 6 point something percent. So I'm just going to say, or 6.6, 6.6 uh, 6 something to be exact, so I'm just going to go Six. ahead and say it's a 6.66%
1: alcohol. Fuck yeah, yes. I,
0: I, I swear to God, we 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 tested it, and yep. So, how fitting it's the perfect is perfect way to
1: balance out the angel and the demon inside of you, you yeah.
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> or the demon and the demon, I guess. I don't know. However you look at it.
1: Man, 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 money, 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 money.
0: All right, let's get into our. Book giveaway. We forgot about this last week. So here we go. We have a winner and a runner-up. And I am gonna announce it on the show. And if you are gonna win it, you gotta let us know. So let's bring this back a little bit. The book we are giving away is called Zombie Movies the Ultimate Guide, like by Glenn Kay. This is a legit book. I mean, this thing's like 450 pages long. It's it's, it's hefty. You could probably use this to fight your way out of a zombie horde. I'm not kidding. It's, it's like a Bible. <laughs> so, drum roll. The winner is Matthew Barstow. Matthew Barstow. Once you hear this, you have to reach out to us. Again, Slasher, Facebook, email at joeblowhorrorshow at gmail.com. You have until October 14th to claim your prize, again, free and clear. And if I'm feeling real saucy that day, maybe I'll ship you the book and a beer. So oh, the only thing is, is you have to claim it by October 14th. And listen up, folks. If he does not, our runner-up will have a shot. Runner-up is Ed Hoffman. So Ed you have to let me know that you get this as well too. So we're, we're, we're trying to pick fans that are actual fans of the show. So again, you got to listen in order to win. Yeah. Yeah. So I went off and found, you know, people that reviewed liked us on Facebook and interacted with our posts on Slasher app. So these are how I came up with these two names and hopefully you guys are listeners of the show. So again, Matthew Barstow, you are the winner. You have until October 14th to claim your prize Ed Hoffman. You are the runner up. If he does not claim it by then, it is yours. But Ed, uh, as soon as you get this, email me, let me know, email, Facebook, whatever. And, um, yeah, we will be all set. So,
1: well, I also, I I do want to say this too. If Ed, if Ed does hear this first and he's an upstanding, uh, podcast listener, you know, it's up to him. He could, he could let Matt know.
0: Ah, yeah, I guess. Totally up to him. It depends. It depends. Yep. Yep.
1: If he does it, if he doesn't, I'm not going to judge him. I mean, secretly I might, but I'm not going to judge him. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Ed. I'm just fucking around.
0: I like how you set this
1: up though. This is, this is a great idea.
0: Yeah. And uh, just to put it out there too. So I mean, this is wishful thinking at this point, but we are going to try to pump out three or four episodes in October. And I have giveaways lined up for all of them. So we've got the beer giveaway. We've got the book giveaway. I've got stickers. And you guys may have heard us talk about, did I talk about the prints that I got? I don't think Uh, I did. On the show, no. Not on the show. So I reached out. Slasher is great. I, I, I'm not, I mean, free ads, no free ads. No, but seriously um, I'm not pimping <laughs> them for any other reason other than I love that app. There's a lot of content creators on there, whether it's podcasts, artists, musicians, people in the industry. And I got in touch with a lady on there that does these awesome acrylic paints and we, worked out a deal and I have a bunch of them to give away. So uh, stay tuned for that as I will be giving away um, in one of the following episodes, one of her prints. I think I've got like a Texas chainsaw massacre print. And these are what eight and a half by 11 or whatever, nine by 11, nine by 12. I've got a Texas chainsaw massacre one. I've got a Sam from trick or treat. I think I have terrified uh, or not not terrified, terrifier, uh, art, the the clown, clown. art, the clown, um, and I've got another one too. So we, we've got some giveaways we're going to be throwing out there. So stay tuned, listen up, follow us on all the social medias and we will be, yeah, ready to rock. So
1: now I can't stress this enough. I've seen the prints cause I, I also interacted with this artist and yeah, man, they look incredible. Is, is it, is it the, is she a tenebrific acrylics?
0: Yes, that's what it is. Yep. Tenebrific acrylics. And she's yeah, so on the show to pimp her, her, her website. So, Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Yep. Yep. So we'll reach out to her once we get to that point. So perfect. Um, anything else you want to add to the book giveaway before we jump into horror happenings?
1: I would actually like if whoever, whoever does finally claim it, if they go ahead and write up a little tiny review of the book and send it back in to us so we could read it on the show. That's a great like idea. Ha- Like if they enjoyed, you know, how much they enjoyed the book and what, maybe what their favorite parts were, if they found some cool trivia in there, they'd like to share. i would be down for that.
0: That would, that would be awesome. Um, we always, you know, I mean, it's typical of podcasts. I mean, you know, it's tough to get, uh, fans, um, involved, but yeah, Uh, no, I would, I would be more than happy.
1: I've been (laughs) trying, I've been trying online like hell. And I've gotten, I mean, people interact on social media, but I've got no one, zero people have written in. Even if they wrote in hate mail, I'd read it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep, no, I hear you. All right, let's get into horror happenings. And we'll be right back after the break with sports. Actually, I am being told that we have some breaking news. We are receiving unconfirmed reports of random acts of bizarre behavior and mass confusion from all over the city. Well, as we broke in with earlier, there have been widespread reports of confusion and erratic behavior, as well as rabbit-like symptoms being reported all over the city. Now, whatever's happening does not appear to be a local phenomenon. We have other reports all Tibu, right, why don't you uh, kick us off? What do you got, buddy? Okay.
1: All right, so this is, <clears throat> both of these are sort of unsubstantiated, so I'm coming to, uh, to the horror happening section with a little bit of the, uh, leftover discardings of the rumor mill but i think All right, what's uh, the your fir-
0: first one let's hear it i'm excited
1: the first one the first one i'm i'm going to i'm going to lead with the dull one because to me this is just not important although it does anger me a little bit i read that the uh the fifth installment of the scream franchise has settled on a official title oh it's going to be weird
0: guess? if it's going to be weird if they don't just call it scream 5 so
1: you're right. It, it sure would be. It, it sure would be odd if they did, didn't call it Scream 5. What do you think they're calling it?
0: I think they're going to call it Scream 5. They're calling it Scream. Okay, so they're they're doing that. Uh, they're, they're, they're doing the same thing that Halloween did, 2018. They're just kind of... And,
1: yep. and Friday. Well, yeah, no, no, no. You're more correct. Uh, I was going to say, and Friday the 13th, but that was a reboot. This is not a fucking reboot, man. This is the fifth installment right of a of a ongoing series and they're just going to call it the, the title of the first movie scream that's it, not confusing well, to anyone
0: and and that's common though if you think about it friday the 13th 2009 same thing but, this, but that's a reboot this ain't a reboot yeah yeah i guess you're kind of right but i mean that's that's kind of the trend though so you know that it doesn't surprise me i don't like it yeah no, nope,
1: not a fan. Not a fan of that at all.
0: I don't uh, really. I mean, to be honest, I don't really care enough to have an opinion. But I don't I mean, either. That's... But I'm just
1: gonna get mad for the sake of the show. I just want to sure. rage on here for a second about about <laughs> this, the, is this your stupid bullshit. They, dude, just call it part five, man. What's the big yeah. deal? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna beat a dead horse. But I just that that was. I read that and I'm like, this is this is annoying. No. Um,
0: so for my first one, this is a little bit kind of, I don't want to say off topic, but it's a little bit outside the realm of general horror happenings, but I thought it was so cool. I have to share it. So some time ago, maybe a couple months ago, I read this nice little article. So every once in a while when I get bored and you know, I'm not touching myself, I'll, I'll Google, you know, (laughs) zombie shit. So I just was like Googling random zombie news and I shit you not, I found an article that said zombie cicadas exclamation point. And I'm like, is this something out of like national choir? Nope. It's a legit deal. Uh, although the term zombie may be a little bit, um, glorified, uh, Mm -hmm. or publicized as kind of a tagline, but the article basically talked about these cicadas that there's the spore in it basically eats out their stomach and it replaces their stomach with these like grouping of spores they somehow are able to control the cicada enough where it flies around and drops more spores to infect others but the crazy thing is it will mimic a female cicada's uh, I guess you'd call it mating call where it Hmm. flaps its wings in a certain way to attract other males. So for one reason or another, it only affects males, but it'll do some kind of weird dance or jig with its wings and will attract other male cicadas. The males will come in, get ready to, you know, sandpaper finish, no spit, no lube, right (laughs) right up their hoop. And (laughs) right before that happens, boom, you're infected. So I was like, man, I mean, that's 2020 for you. If if that, and I, I, you know, to, to, I'm going to kind of double this up a little bit. You know how it is with you, when you get into these fucking wormholes of whether it's YouTube or news things, I clicked on another article and it said scientists, hold on, let me make sure I read this right here. Scientists (laughs) are resurrecting underwater life forms that are 100 million years old. I'm like, Oh fuck that. Nothing can go wrong with that. Right. So if 2020 is any indication of uh, what's going on, I mean, we've got zombie cicadas and scientists that are resurrecting hundred million year old underwater life forms. So, I mean, I, we're, we're living in a horror movie between this whole pandemic and everything going on. So I thought that yeah. was kind of fitting and go, interesting. Go so,
1: watch, go watch the beach house and see how that turns out.
0: The beach house. There's no, there's, what's the beach house?
1: There's no scientist involved, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to give that away. If you haven't seen, there, there, there. Actually, there are zombie like there are these wasps that will land on a spider, and yep. it's sort of like they'll, it's the same thing. They'll they'll infect the 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 spider, and when their larvae break out, they get in the spider and they zombify it. They start controlling it, and it's the insect. The insect world is brutal and crazy. That's that's what I'm learning, in my in my it is. In all my all Speaking my. Speaking of the insect
0: world, are you watching, Mirian, or do you have your
1: phone off? Uh, I've got, I'm conserving battery okay. for the sake of. The I was going to
0: say because you if you did you'd be like what the fuck are you doing? Well, a fly that's literally green flew into my beer, so I'm sitting here <laughs> finger fucking it out of my beer
1: glass. So. <laughs> I think okay, we're good. Well, while while we're you good. scoop that fly out, I'm going to go ahead and give you my uh my. I only got one other little rumor.
0: Okay, let's but see. This, what
1: you got it, this is big time. Ooh, okay. Okay. Unsubs- it's a unsubstantiated rumor. Unsubstantiated rumor. Substantiated okay. But apparently there is talks, and I know we've heard this left and right over the last, Ooh. I don't know, 10 years or so. But there is probably a new Friday the 13th around the corner Ooh. as soon as, as, That's soon as all this lawsuit. not what I was lawsuit. expecting, but.
0: Oh, no? Well, I was going to say, because the very, the very first part of that ties into uh, what I was going to say for my next news story. But anyways, keep going.
1: Well, I'm glad. I'm glad we got some different things to give the listeners. And again, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, don't don't get bought, you know, or caught hook, line, and sinker on this. But mm-hmm. it's just some, something that's going around the internet is that that people are, uh, particularly Blumhouse, are, are trying to acquire rights for the Friday the Thirteenth series. Uh, I hope
0: it's not Blumhouse. Uh,
2: I'm I'm as okay much res- with-
0: uh, as much respect as I have for them. That needs to be something. I mean, Blumhouse is. I mean, I know they have some rated R flicks out there, but I mean, that needs to be something that's going to be handled by like a true. I mean, here, here's something for you. I don't know why this came to my head, and I'm not that I'm trying to, you know, uh, uh, siege take your your uh, horror happenings here. But what do you think A24 would do with
1: a series like Friday the Thirteenth? they would probably give it the Stephen King treatment. Stephen King wrote a script for Friday the 13th that was from the perspective of Jason Voorhees. And uh, not a script, rather, a a story. And he can't publish it for obvious reasons, but he's said for a long time, like, this is one of my favorite things that I've ever written. And I think if something like that would be made, more art house, more character study, A24 would be the production studio for that. Blumhouse, I think they would do right by it. Well, here's the 13, thing that I'll honestly, say with Blumhouse.
0: I think if Blumhouse took it over, it would make a shitload of money. It would be a wide theatrical release. Um, it'd probably get some actors that are are fairly well-known, but I think that we would get a watered-down version. Uh, and uh, not well, to say that, because we've had, what, eight, nine, ten of these friday the third well i mean god if you're counting the later ones
1: freddie and all that shit you've had 12 we've had 12, 12 installments including uh, freddie versus jason yeah. yeah
0: so there's been plenty of them out there that you can quote unquote say have been watered down but the difference is is this is a studio taking it over that i i mean i'm just going to go ahead and say it that i feel like their hearts in the right place, but they're pumping shit out to make money. And I think that you're going to get a watered down version. And I think you're going to get a product that is not going to be as good as it could be with. I, I see where you're coming from
1: with that. Yep. But I, but, I, but, but I'll also, I raise you their version of Halloween. Yeah.
0: I, I hear you. Uh, the only thing is, is I'm, I'm, I, I'd be curious to know how much Bloomhouse was, Part of Halloween because
1: heavily involved. They they for for real. Like they knew when they they knew when they were taking this over how big of a deal it was. So they were on top of David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. Like they they yeah. So I feel like watching them.
0: Yeah, I feel like Halloween 2018. The reason that was so successful was because of the. I mean, out of nowhere, David Gordon Green and the writing of Danny McBride. Uh, they got – they did it right by getting – I mean, they could have just gotten the blessing from um, Carpenter, but they had him come in for the score uh, as well, yeah. too.
1: So They coaxed that old cranky bastard out of yep. retirement to fucking yep. do this shit. Yeah, him and his I, son. I, th- I think they would give – yeah. I think they would give Friday the 13th the respect that it, that it deserves, and I think they they know. They know – who they're making this movie for if they get the rights and they do make it. I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to go ahead and say it, man. And, and you know, you know, you can hold me to my word if they do acquire it. I'm going to say right now, I think they will make a good film along the lines of Halloween, 2018. And if you're a fan of that movie, then you'll, you know, you might agree with me. If, if you're not a fan of that movie, then of, of course you'd have a bone to pick, but I think you are a fan of that movie if I remember correctly. And I, and, well, and I yeah, do remember that, correctly. You fucking yep. love that movie.
0: Yeah, I so. absolutely do. I gave it a perfect 10 and I am not ashamed to, I mean, I'll fucking fight anybody that wants to. <laughs> no. But seriously though, I I do like that one. I gave that one a 10. um, And I think that if they're going to do it right, well, here's my opinion. I think that you have to reboot the entire series. I think you have to forget 2009 ever happened and all those sequels. And I think you have to, reboot the entire series or i mean would it almost be too much of copying if they did similar to what what halloween did when and they picked up right after
1: the first one i think this is just me i think they should pick up oh no fuck no fuck that i'm not even gonna go off that if it were up to me like travis boone you have the t-boo you've got the fucking the floor you can you can make whatever you want Yep, I would I would totally call Stephen King and be like, "What's your story, bro? Let's do that. Let's make that." <sighs> I that a- I almost think that I
0: don't know Stephen Stephen King ain't what he once was, man. I don't know. Oh Lord, do you uh, read his novels? Actually, I don't. Um, well, blasphemy. I, I, I have. I have. Blasphemy. I Haven't read anything <laughs> new. I haven't read anything outs- new, but part the of the Like, I think there's reason that nobody talks about Stephen King anymore. I mean, maybe we're, 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 we're walking on, I'm walking on thin ice here, but I just Who's, feel like, is Stephen, Stephen King, King even a thing all anymore? all the
1: rage. Yeah. He's all the rage, man. Is he really? They, yeah. They, dude, they're, uh, get ready for this movie coming out called The Long Walk. That's going to be fucking huge. Okay. I think that's going to be awesome. Ah, uh, very Hunger Games like, but it's based on one of his very old short stories. Very old. Okay. Okay. Um, the it blockbusters, both of them were like you know Marvel level for horror films, the equivalent of a horror film. Right. i I'm,
0: I'm it, talking Stephen King nowadays. If he's gonna rewrite something or write something, I mean, do you think he's still got the chops?
1: Fuck yes, yes. Uh, All right. There's also another movie coming out eventually called Revival, based on his novel of the same name that. Hey man, if, if, if Mike Flanagan, who's behind this as a producer at the moment, hopefully director fingers crossed Flanagan
0: is is solid.
1: Yeah. If he does this project or picks the right person to do this project, then it's going to go over amazingly. Like it's going to be incredible fucking cosmic horror is all I'm going to say. Nice. Well, before we
0: get too far off on our tangent, uh, the, I've got two things, uh, one quick one, and then this one here. Uh, so what do you got? What do you got?
1: Uh, okay. Uh, do you want me to just throw this one right out here right now and let you finish up or do you want do me to save this till the nope. end? Okay. Well, this is big news for me. Um, I, and I forgot all about this, but I've been staying up on it. So I'm going to just get it over. Test overruled.
0: came back negative.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank God. Uh, right. <laughs> my wife will be pleased. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when she never finds out, no, if she hears that, she will be like, what the fuck? Uh, no, ev- evil dead. Okay, a director has been picked, handpicked by Sam Raimi, just like with the remake. He handpicked Fede Alvarez. Mm-hmm. He handpicked the same guy that made um uh oh God, this is why am I blanking right now? Oh man. Oh shit. Well, this director just had a debut film that was uh widely regarded as being, you know, fucking really good. Okay. I forget the movie, but <clears throat> The, the the movie is going to take place in a city setting instead of a cabin in the woods. And it's going to be called evil dead rise. Bruce oh, Campbell has been walking around saying this shit. So city
0: setting though. That's okay. Okay. Dude, imagine the mayhem. I mean, that, that, that's, uh, it's a tricky, it's a tricky scenario to play out. You're it's right. it's, it's right. going to be tough. Yep. Yep. But, but I will say I said the same thing about the the Fetty Alvarez remake, and that movie is oh fucking hey. We're, we're gonna have to talk about that one of these days on the show because that's phenomenal. So um nice. Well, real quickly, a couple we're not gonna spend a lot of time on these. Um, I guess the first one's the fastest. I'm just gonna throw that one out there. The Walking Dead is ending. I know not a lot of people care about that anymore, but that's still yeah my favorite show on TV. I still love it. And everybody knew it was coming. And to be honest, it it came a lot later than a lot of people thought. So can't really complain there, but what they're doing is, is they're stretching it out for like another, I suppose, year and a half kind of thing. So there's only going to be one more full season. So people that are up to date on the show um we still don't have the well maybe at the time that you hear this it'll be out but the the finale uh, was delayed so we're in the middle of a season that ended in oh god what march or something and we never got the finale because of covid and the finale should be coming up pretty soon and we still have the second half of that season so essentially there's going to be the second half of the current season and one more season and that's it. But they did at the same time report that there's going to be a Carol and Daryl spinoff. So we're still have plenty of content out. We still have fear of the walking dead content out and we still have that. I'm just going to call it a bullshit fucking teenage angst. I'm not too happy about that new one that's coming out walking dead what is it gone by or something or it, it's basically one about a bunch of teenagers like um years into the basically it's following kids that grew up in the zombie apocalypse what's wrong with that that sounds that sounds fresh it does but the problem You're gonna I watch ha- it the, I, I will check it out but I don't know the problem I have with that is is this show has gotten so political and so um in your face with certain things that I think it's gonna be too distracting to the point where I just don't care. But it's all teenagers, it's gonna be teen. I think what they're doing is if you look at the demographics of The Walking Dead, uh four years ago-ish, maybe yeah, three or four years ago, it was like one of the most popular shows on television. Everybody watched it. Now the demographic for The Walking Dead is like 31 to 40, 49 or however they do that stuff. It's basically like older middle-aged people. and People with money. Yeah. Uh, but what they're doing is they're trying to, you know, they're, they're, they're pandering to it a different crowd. Yeah. So yeah. it's I don't, I just don't know if it's going to be me that's going to like it. So, but anyways, that's you know, we'll, we'll see. I always talk about The Walking Dead every once in a while well, because I, I could watch it. I could give of-
1: I could give fuck all about the show at this point. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not trying to be ugly. I just, I want to see the Rick Grimes movies. That's what I want. And a Carol and Daryl spinoff. Yep. I'm, I'm kind of on board with that. They're
0: saying it's going to be an anthology, which I think is going to be the best possible way for that, because then you can still have all of your favorite characters come back for an episode or two. And there's still a lot of characters that we never really got closure for. I mean, the biggest one that I can think of now is Heath. Like whatever happened to Heath. Um, if you don't remember Heath, he was the uh he was the the black guy, uh younger black guy that had the glasses and the dreads. Like he just kind of disappeared. Um, so yeah, there I, I think that's gonna be great having that kind of anthology kind of deal. So we'll see how that goes. The very last thing I have again is kind of like a rumor that you were saying, and it's a rumor that I would I would put this on par with the Friday the 13th rumor in that it's Romero's Road of the Dead is apparently finally happening. Um, yeah. However, for 10 years, this has been being talked about. But I think that after the passing of George Romero a couple of years ago, or I think it was in 2017, uh, this is probably gaining a lot more uh, footing. The only thing is, the article I read Honestly, it was a long article. I I stopped after reading this part. The last thing I read was this follows a story of an island that had a prison for zombies and they had zombies racing vehicles for entertainment of the wealthy. I'm like, fuck that. I mean, that's just getting outrageous and ridiculous. So,
1: I mean. Hey, this is totally uh, not horror related, but I said this for years I wish that I was on record saying this somewhere, but I, you can ask friends of mine. I said this for years and they finally are coming out with this news that the new Fast and the Furious movie is going to space. It all goes to space. Every fucking franchise eventually goes to space, oh man. Oh my God. I don't think I've seen a Fast and Furious movie in like 15 years. I, I've only seen parts three and five, both theater watches. Part three was so I could make it. You've out never seen part, the first one? No. And part oh. five. Jesus. My buddy, who's like a, a a gearhead, he brought me. He's like, "No, dude, it's gonna be awesome," and I I went. I was trepidatious. I went, but seeing God, look
0: a thing. with these big syllable words. I love it. Keep going.
1: I'm gonna class this show up uh, <laughs> <laughs> with with my cheap dime store words, um, but I, I I was hesitant to go because I'm not a car guy. I'm just not, but. I went and seeing a bank vault getting fucking drug through city streets and shit. It was badass, man. I was like, all right, but I never, I never jumped on the train. So, but I will watch a a movie where the cars are descending from the the atmosphere. Like I want to see what the hell's going on there. Oh God. I can't believe they
0: did bring it to space. I will say the first one's pretty good. So, but no, that's all I have. Uh, bringing it back to George Romero. I mean, Folks, zombies driving cars, I mean, it's like Death Race with zombies, it sounds like, and that's, we've already got movies like that.
1: I reserve judgment until I see it. <sighs>
0: yeah, but did you see sound- Diary of the Dead and, and uh, Survival of
1: the Dead? <laughs> I saw Diary, I don't remember its survival, I have not. I reserve yeah. judgment because it sounds equal parts amazing and terrible. It could go I mean, that's way. the thing,
0: I mean, it, it depends on how they approach it. I mean yep. maybe it'll be so, one of those that's so bad it's it's good is kind of what I'm hoping so but <laughs> yeah. uh anything else you want to uh, touch on before we get into the discussion topic
1: that's the only horror happening that you folks need to worry about right now <laughs> the discussion topic i mean <laughs> if i'm not clear
0: the discussion topic all right
1: what you just said
0: but it's not weeks when it comes to this episode podcast world, this episode, our discussion topic is what is most important to you in a movie? You know, is it the score? Is it the acting, the cinematography? Uh, is it the writing? Is it the, the story? Whatever. Um, do you, do you want to go first on this? Uh, I've been
1: going first. Go ahead.
0: Okay. 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 I started to write something up. I was gonna have something kind of scripted and written, and I feel like this is something where I'm just gonna kind of go off the cusp. Because, first off, if if you think about it, I don't know that anybody can have an answer set in stone on this. Uh, if you have somebody talk about, and without getting into the whole idea of your best and favorites, um, if you get into your favorite, your top, we'll say ten favorite horror movies they're going to be vastly different Um, you know, whether or not you have the stereotypical, you know, Dawn of the dead or shining, you're going to have people in there. that are going to have movies like trick or treat or even something like return of the living dead where these movies are vastly different in tone and campiness. For example, for me, I can't really put one thing on there over the other. Um, however, and, and I think that's probably same to a lot of uh, people. The biggest thing for me is number one, if you have listened to the last couple episodes where we've done our top 15 of the year is really going to be keeping me guessing. It's going to be the swerves. It's going to be the, the, the story and plot line and where it goes we talked about this in the last episode and I think I used the Jeff Daniel um, example where he said, I love doing movies where I read a script and I have no idea where it's going. I love watching movies where I watch it and I have no idea where it's going. That might be different for me because I am different compared to a lot of people. I don't do rewatches. The most impactful movies for me are going to be the ones that, leave me having no idea where the story is going to go. Perfect example is going to be, I see you, my, my favorite movie from 2019. These movies are, are my favorite because I love getting lost in a movie and you're watching and you think it's going to go one direction and it doesn't. And then you're all amped up like, well, where the fuck is it going to go now? And you know, maybe something that you saw a snippet of earlier in the movie comes back at the end and you forgot about it and you get that aha moment or that, Oh, that's what happened. So for me overall, I would say if I had to wait it, scale it, it's going to be those movies that do have those crazy plot twists, those ideas that are running through your head where it's going to go, you know, and, and to bring it back to scream too, you know, or not to, but scream as well not knowing what's going on. Uh, those are, those are my favorite. I would say after that, it's going to be movies that I have fun with. If I think about some of my favorite movies of all time, um, you know, it's going to be ones that have a lot of rewatchability. uh, coming from a guy that doesn't do rewatches. And those are usually going to be the kind of end of the world type movies. Um, you know, because again, I like to get lost in movies. I like to get, in this kind of fantasy land deal. So that's going to be like your, you know, Dawn of the Dead's, um, you know, I, I just gravitate towards those over, over one another. When it comes to the technical parts of a movie, such as score, um, I think that score is something that if it's bad, you don't notice. Um, if it's good, you don't really notice. If it's not there, then you will notice cinematography, I am not a film buff. I didn't go to film school. Um, I really don't care about cinematography. Writing, and dialogue, I mean, that technically, I mean, yeah, I mean, you get those movies that have shitty writing and dialogue. That's going to pull away from it. But I think all of those are, are tertiary when it comes to what we talked about earlier with, you know, having a really good plot and story. For me, so acting. Even I can even. I mean, let's talk. I listened to you know. Shout out to our friends at HorrorCast and Mark Nato. I listened to their their review of of uh, Murder Party today. The acting in that movie is. They're all student actors for the most part, and that movie is still great. You know, you get all these indie movies where the acting is questionable at best, but you know, there's other things that can trump that. So. I'm going to step off my soapbox and uh, hand it over to you, Tibu.
1: I was liking where you were going. Um, Okay. You kind of did a rundown of a few different things. So I guess I'll touch on those as I go through, but I also, I did the same thing you did. uh, Cause I, I do like to script things and, and I thought about writing something, have it prepared this, that and the other, but I thought at the same time, you know what? No, I'm going to go like, like you said, just off the top of my head with this to me. The most important thing is the story. The story has to be good. If the story is not good, what do you give a shit? You're just watching pretty pictures or you're listening to nice sounds or people could be acting their ass off. But if the story isn't good, what do you care what, what the characters are going through? What do you care? Like why are you invested in something that ultimately you don't care about? And that goes back to your element of surprise. It sounds like your favorite thing of the, of, about a movie is the tone, the tone of a film whether it's going to be a edge of your seat type movie or whether like you said or it could be something that's campy and fun if you if you catch the tone and you can go with where where the the writers the directors the, the the people crafting the film want to take you if they can get you hooked in right then and there i
0: guess i don't know if that would be considered tone because i consider tone more like tone as in is this going to be a suspenseful horror is this going to be a scary horror or is this going to be a comedic yeah. horror for real I, I prefer more of like um like a well-written story where like a yeah. kevin kevin William is it williams or williamson's you know where the screen it's written, yeah it's written really well where you you you're, you don't know what's gonna happen, almost like a mystery. Uh,
1: that is more where I would lean towards. So so your 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 favorite aspect then would be the story. The story has to be somewhat good for you to care about this movie that you're watching. Yeah, yep. The story, the swerves, the twists. Yep. Tr- you're trading time is what you're doing when you're watching a film and you're trying to escape. And if you can pull something out of the escape, like I try to, and that's why I do. I I am a rewatcher. I rewatch because I find like a good book or a good album, a good movie gives you more and more and more. The more you give it, more time. So you're trading time. And if I'm going to trade time for something, I want it to be a good story. That's what we're doing yeah. as podcasters, uh, as, as filmmakers, as writers. We're storytelling. That's all we're doing. We're just telling a story, whether it's through visuals, sound what have you. So for me, the number one aspect is the story, but I, I'm I'm going to go a different way than, than, than you went. I think cinematography and score should be, I think you notice it when it's bad. And I think uh, if it's there and it's, and it's, and it's really good, it makes the movie, it elevates everything else going on.
0: If I can retract one thing, I'll say that score is, probably a little bit more important than in my opinion cinematography because I mean you do have to have that music that builds to help you with the suspenseful part or those sound effects and music that helps you with scary movies I mean a a classic example of this is going to be Halloween you know the test audience thought the movie was you know not very good until that that you know do 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 you know score was put in and it was a uh, it was a game changer so yeah I I guess like I I can kind of retract on what I was going to say with that
1: unless you're the Cohen brothers and you make no country for old men that has zero score there's absolutely no score in that film and that movie I mean dude that's a masterpiece yeah that's that's yeah not a horror so let me use two horror examples because I thought of this. And this is the two examples I wanted to use for, for okay. my purposes, my explanation. Signs by, uh, <clears throat> written and M. directed Night. by M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan is the film. It's the pivotal moment in my life that as a film watcher, a movie lover, that's the movie that made me start to pay attention to everything about a film. Not just the acting, not just the story, not just the score, everything. How does, how does every puzzle piece fall into place and that film wrapped everything up you didn't know where it was going no well, yeah. i didn't i was i was 12 or however old when it came out
0: oh shit you were I, 12 I, I was funny sitting in the th- uh-huh funny side tangent on that you were 12 um no i will agree I was, with what you're saying on yeah. that because we watched that movie i was a freshman in college uh i played i played football in college and as one of our team activities, we went to the movie theater, and we and we went and watched a movie. And that was the movie. And I remember all of us, you know, quote unquote, big burly football players. When you get that video cam shot when you first see the alien walking across, like
2: you it, know,
1: it's behind. Yeah, that was legit. That was scary. The little- the little the little Spanish kid is screaming, and Joaquin Phoenix like damn near bat, like throws himself through the wall of that closet trying to get away from the TV screen, dude. Yeah. I love that movie, and I think all the elements of that. I, I think that about a lot of Shyamalan. To be honest, I'm I'm an apologist of his, but uh, I think he is a great. He, he, the that movie in particular is a great example of using every aspect from cinematography to score to acting to story to craft a, a great film and i'm going to say this about evil dead because i had this realization about evil dead so the original evil dead does not have the character that we have come to know and love as ash in it it has ashley j williams in it as one of the characters he is not ash yeah. yet
0: yeah i suppose not even, yeah.
1: not even close but that movie is is a masterpiece heralded by just not just me by many as a as a classic a staple of the genre a game changer it laid the groundwork for the cabin in the woods subgenre of horror films it's got lovecraftian elements with the necronomicon it's got a lot of lore buried into it as well as you know demonic possession and gore and splatter it's got a lot going on the story takes takes you from these kids going to a cabin to hang out to by the end of it the last, the sole survivor, the final girl, who in this case is a guy, is driven mad by the happenings, the horror happenings, to quote us, Oh yeah, <laughs> that have gone on in this film. And then the Fetty Alvarez remake did the same thing. It threw the character that is basically recognized as the figurehead, the iconic symbol of this franchise, and tossed it out the window and just used the bare bones story of kids going to a cabin in the woods and the lore of the, uh, the mythology of the franchise. And, and it worked like gangbusters, man. This move, the, the remake is, is great. We, we mentioned it earlier. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I, I think, I think that, that, that's I'm going to go back to saying. I think story is fundamental. I, I think you can have a great movie like Mandy that, that the score and the cinematography are kind of the most important parts of that type of film. But probably why I don't like it. Uh, but well, and, and that's <laughs> fine. I, I love that was my favorite of 2018, if I remember correctly. Mandy was? Yeah. Oh no shit. But and, and every movie, kinda like how you were saying, every movie has its strong suits that you you know, if that if that can elevate it, if the score and the cinematography can elevate Mandy for me above other films where the story was solid then that movie just excelled the fuck out of and it and And i'm not saying
0: by any means that because there's movies that have those other i guess we'll call them technical aspects as their you know maybe top priority or or whatnot that that are really good um so yeah i'm not saying that i don't like movies that stress those more than others but that
1: if that makes sense, that that's kind of where I'm at is. Well, no, they, they fall by the wayside for me too. I mean, it, I'm not my, my, if I had a top 10 favorite movies of all time and I, and I, I kind of do, I could tell you right now, like Rocky is probably like my favorite movie of all time. Oh, I love what's Rocky. The, what's the most important aspect of that film story story. Yeah. Second would be Lord of the Rings trilogy. All three, not one or two or three. God, what's the most important aspect? Nerd. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Just kidding. What's 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 the most? I love I love those of, movies too. It's the story. Yeah, that story doesn't mean shit. You know, uh, the, those films wouldn't mean shit. If I'll they tell didn't you what. I story. actually
0: do love. Like I saw them in the theater, but the story for me, like I, I really didn't give a shit about the story. I watched it because, like, I love those war and battle movies. I mean, those man, that get like
1: Game of the oh. Game of Thrones. <laughs> And if you go, okay, good. I was, uh, damn, I was going to bring up Game of Thrones. Yep. If you watch, The story back and watch, is
0: legit on that.
1: Oh, and go back and watch Lord of the Rings. You'll see how much battle there actually is. Yeah, it's not a lot. It's not it all, a lot, It dude. all
0: builds up to the battle. You're right. It
1: you does. It, it it does to to an extent. It does. You're right. Those are Helm's Deep. Uh, the 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 battle in, in the third film for the uh, five whatever armies, the
0: fuck. King King's Tower or some shit.
1: Uh. No, the well, the Battle of the Five Armies is The Hobbit. I'm I'm forgetting oh. the name of that city um, that that they're, they're fighting right at the edge of uh, Mordor. They're fighting for that city, but it's the story that that is underneath that the Fellowship of the Ring and how they all break apart and go on their own different journeys. But but all of it is important to get the ring where it needs to go. Frodo looking at uh, Sam and being like, you know, you can't carry this shit and Sam, like, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Come on, Mr. Frodo. And he starts yep. fucking, picks him up and climbing up Mount, Mount Doom. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, that's story beats, man. That's fucking, like, legit getting you in the feels, getting your goosebumps prickling up. Yeah. Like, that that feeling, you ever listen to a good song or watch a good scene and you get goosebumps from it?
0: Oh, dude, that music does that to me
1: all the time. That's my favorite feel. Better than yeah. Sex better than being high or drunk or whatever that feeling, whenever you get that emotional, like that that synapsis. Yeah. Yes. That connection is key. And that to me only comes from not only, not only uh, I'll retract that. Like you did. You can get that from other things that aren't just the story, but I think the story has to be there. Yeah. You got movies, you got movies like clerks, man, no cinematography. It's a soundtrack. So there's no score. Uh, it's just it's just acting, and story. Yep. That's all that is, and it's phenomenal. It's it would probably be in my top, pfft, not top ten of all time, but probably a top twenty, including other yep. films besides horror. So, all that all that being said, I, and I greatly appreciate technical aspects of films. I, I do want to go watch a movie that I'm blown away if if I see. You know the cinematography takes me away, and I and I get it's just more cinema. Your cinematography and score is just more tools to take the audience and and bring them. That's yeah to th- that world. I, I I
0: will agree with that. In that score, cinematography, and even like acting is one of those that takes that. That's what really makes the big difference from a good movie to a great movie, uh, to an, a masterpiece. Um, because I mean, if you think about it, you can have fantastic acting in a movie, and if you don't have, you know, a good engaging story, it's like who fucking cares? Which, agree. In my opinion is most of those stupid Oscar movies that win it, but you know, anyways.
1: No, well, it's like it's so. like a movie like Moon Moon, uh, Moon Moonlight, I think, a few years ago. Um i I watched that movie, and I'm like, I can see everything working in its favor. But the story just wasn't there for me. I didn't. I didn't resonate with that story. It's not. It's not the film. And that's fault. like
0: a whole other side thing too. Because I mean, the thing is, is like I, I don't watch the Oscars or whatever. What was the, what were the awards that just happened? Uh, the not uh, was it Golden Globes or something? Yeah, uh, the Emmys, I or, think. An, yeah. Emmys. well, Emmys is music, isn't it? No, that's Grammys. Oh, Grammys. Yeah. So yeah, the Emmys I, is I, television. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of those movies that win awards like that really do not appeal to me. Um,
1: so, I mean, that's got to be s- a lot of them do to me. Um, I I have followed the Oscars since I've been a movie a movie fan, and I I'm I'm gonna say for me, this is just me. Nine times out of ten, the nominees they have, uh, I like the majority of them. They're not always my favorite films of that year, yeah. but. Like the year two thousand seven, dude. No Country for Old Men was nominated alongside There Will Be Blood. How the fuck do you?
0: Yeah, no shit. Those were awesome. Yeah, Javier Bardem and um, uh Josh Brolin. No, no, no. no, I'm thinking uh, There Will Be
1: Blood. Oh, uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel
0: Day Lewis. Yeah,
1: you got you that's got Paul tough. Thomas Anderson up against the Coen Brothers. Yep. So it's like the the directors already are phenoms yep. in their own regards. The Coen Brothers won out, and their they, their shit was based off a Cormac McCarthy novel, so they they had that plus, you know, going oh, for Cormac them.
0: McCarthy. The I've I've read some of his stuff, The Road. That's a
1: good one. That is yeah, Blood Meridian, dude. Blood Meridian is the novel to seek out from yeah. Cormac McCarthy, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that is a, a brutal epic. That it, They say it's unfilmable, but I say hand it off to Mike Flanagan. <laughs> yep. He seems to have a knack for filming the unfilmable, uh, or at least what people claim to be the unfilmable. But all that being said, that year, I think the better story was There Will Be Blood. And it lost, uh, which – this is voted by people in the industry, their peers. It's not voted upon by audiences. Most audiences aren't paying attention to those big heady Oscar winning movies, you know, like they're they're not always the most popular films. If they were, it'd be Fast and the Furious and Marvel winning Best Picture every year.
0: And you know, to to interrupt you real quick, this perfectly ties into so I put it into terms that I understand, which are the hockey awards. The annual hockey awards just got released this week. And it's the same thing. I was listening to a podcast uh, where they're talking about, you get all these writers and all these people that can vote on these awards. So this year uh, rookie of the year was a pretty clear cut who was going to get it. But you, you got all these guys that are giving first place votes to, people that just makes you scratch your head and be like, are you even a fucking fan? Do you even watch the game? And I think that's the same thing too with anything. And especially when it comes to movies is you get these people that try to be cool and vote for these outliers or whatnot. So I think things can get kind of, you know, or, or these movies that are super artsy and, or, or they're different or, Hey, you know, this movie had, you know, all women cast. Let's, let's put this one up or, or, if I even want to go down that road, you know, well, this was directed by a black director with, you know, 10 black stars and whatnot. So I think there's a lot of things that get mixed in that may not make it, um, you know, as accurate as as uh, voting uh, Which, as, as yeah. it should be
1: it's all a shit show and and it's not it's not it's not to say those movies definitely it's all it's all uh, subjective those movies are not the best movies if i were in charge of the oscars and we had nine nominees for best picture seven of the nine would probably or seven of the 10 whatever number i said would probably be horror movies because i think horror is the most um experimental and reaching Easiest genre for, uh open for interpretation that yeah like all that all of those things i think i think i just think it's got the most room to to express itself more so than other other genres um are you are you in favor of renaming the stanley cup the gretzky cup no why
0: uh call me a traditionalist
1: oh okay i was just curious because gretzky is synonymous with hockey and i don't even know who stanley is
0: Lord Stanley. Well, I mean, he's kind of the guy that kind of put hockey on the map kind of thing. So,
1: well, no, if you're a hockey fan, I'm sure, you know, Lord Stanley. I don't, I don't, I don't know shit about Stanley. No, I,
0: I don't know. Maybe years down the road because I mean, Gretzky there's there, there's (laughs) it's more of a joke. I didn't, I
1: didn't really mean it seriously. Well, but I mean, it's something to think about, but I mean, there's
0: (laughs) records he has that will never be touched. Um, like when? Uh, I mean, the dude, I guess his, his uh, goals in playoffs, uh, his overall points. I mean, the dude was getting like 200, well, 100 goals in a season. Like, well, will fucking never be.
1: What's dude, the it, average?
0: Oh, God. The, well, the, the average, average between right. the every. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. The average, average is probably like 15.
1: Okay, so all the best you guys fans get like there, fifty.
0: The best guys fans out there
1: that want to bitch and complain if he's talking hockey for a second. The dude is passionate about hockey, and I wanted to know that personally because I don't know shit about hockey. But to me, that 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 law of averages versus what that one dude did. He's the it puts Jordan it into perspective,
0: of a, dude. No, he he would take a shit on Jordan for if you think. Of, well, I like mean, stat that might, by stat it's comparison, divisive. Oh, yeah, yeah, his—it's ridiculous. It's—it really is ridiculous. I mean, the thing is, is records like that don't stand because he played the game at a different. Well, it doesn't really matter because I'm—I don't think a lot of people are going to care, <laughs> really, where we're going. And I don't think a lot of people that listen to this are hockey fans, anyways. But
1: no, nah, you're right. You're right. I just so, wanted to hear your opinions. No. But uh okay. Um yeah, man. To me, story is the number one end-all be-all for for a film. If the story falls apart and nothing is there to elevate the film, then it's probably just going to fall short altogether. So that's, what about that's endings, where I too? I've
0: heard a lot of people talk about endings. Like, an ending can literally make or break a movie. Which I don't think I, I fall too far into that idea
1: of it, but... I I I tend – I'm going to say I probably tend to agree. If you lose me at the end and, and yeah. I don't – I'm not – okay. An ambiguous ending, which I love, Yep. yep. like No no. But country you have to for earn Old it. Men. You have
0: to earn yes. that ending.
1: Yes, I agree. No Country for Old Men. It's not horror, but the it's void. the example I'm using. Uh… Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's ambiguous in so far as like what happens next, and yeah. and we're, we're, but in the but entire I, I,
0: movie, I guess, is ambiguous. But,
1: emo- yes, yeah, because they, they explain only so much. I, I emotionally have an ending. I, I get an ending out of it. It's that all that matters? Is them holding hands at the end? Spoilers. You don't even know what what, what I'm saying if you haven't seen the no. movie. If they they them holding hands at the end is enough for me. But I'm I'm using No Country. There's no finality uh, for for some of the characters, but because of how, because of what the movie set up beforehand and where it was going and the philosophy behind the antagonist of the film, I was I, this is my story for No Country. Real brief. Um, I went to the theater and it was me and my ex girlfriend and like two other people in the movie and. We watch the film. I'm enthralled the entire time. I'm, I'm sitting there, knowing I'm watching a masterpiece happen in front of me. I'm. I'm. It's great. It ends. I stand up to to go to leave, and one of the people who, one of the other uh, viewers who's there, s- says, "What the hell did I just watch?" Like out loud. Oh God. And I and I answered back, "Do you even know what you just saw? Like, do you even do you even get it? Like, you don't get it. That's." that I I didn't continue on with that but it's like that's fine man you you came here expecting a shoot 'em up movie or something right. but 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 once the tone I'm going back to the way I look at tone I think you look at it the same way too once you recognize the tone you you kind of get yourself in the mindset of what you're about to watch which can also fuck up your viewing experience if you're not ready for it you might not like that movie but on a different day at a different time
0: yeah. that
1: movie can it can hit man that person just didn't see it, but I saw it that day, and I'm like, the ambiguity of it all, it's fine. Endings, if you have a good ending, I think it's 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 a definitely a plus. I mean, if you can nail it, oh for sure. And to go back to Stephen King for a second, a lot of people hate the, his endings. the author that cat right an ending. Yeah, that's kind of what they I, say. Yeah, they do, and and I see what they mean. I, I, I look, I've I've been a constant reader since high school. And, um, I'm a big fan, Stephen King. I'm one of those generic big Stephen King fans. Okay. Um, but I think there's something to, to his writing and, and to, to everything he's done. I, 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 I think, I think, you know, it's hard, it's hard to make a big Epic story and, and have people invested in your characters, which is where he excels. His characters is, is his bread and butter. Right. Um, and I said, I said, I think I said this on our last episode about when I was talking about King. Um, when he can nail an ending, that's great. <clears throat> Revival, it's coming. Get ready. Oof. But, but, but you know, it's it's the ending to me ain't the most important. The it's a good wow. story. It's it's the journey, not the destination. No,
0: no, I hear you. Uh, we're 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 uh, over an hour in already. So let's let's wrap up our <laughs> our discussion. I mean, we've had a really good. I I really enjoyed this discussion topic. I mean, I think you and I are kind of on them both. We're, we're we're kind of on the same boat. We we might be on other we're sides of the, boat, the but same, we're, we're
1: close, yeah. We're orbiting the same star here.
0: Yep, yep. So, no, I'll I'll give you, go ahead, I'll give you a minute here, to wrap it
1: up, and then we'll move on. Yeah, if anyone out there has never seen Signs by M. Night Shyamalan and wants to see a film that I think ties in, and there, I could give you a million examples, but this is the one I thought of when Boss Tuna gave me this, uh, uh, Awesome question as a discussion topic. If you haven't seen a film that ties in every element of a film all into one nice, pretty package and deliver it to you, check out Signs and, and you know, M Night Shyamalan's not beloved like he was when he first started out. But don't 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 go into that movie thinking about M Night. Just go in and uh, be blind. Just experience it. Experience the story. It's good. I will say I am a fan of, I, I
0: love his endings. I mean, every one of his movies has that twist ending and I, I love it. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep. Okay. So that wraps up the discussion. Um, anything you want to add before we get into our first feature?
1: No, man, I'm ready to go. I've, I've been excited for this.
0: All right, let's hop into our first feature review. <phone rings>
2: If it had a mind, you could reason with it. If it had a body, you could shoot it. If it had a heart, you could kill it. Now, man is no longer the supreme being on this planet. The organism is growing at a geometric rate. By all accounts, it's at least a 1,000 times its original mass.
1: Nobody believes me about what happened tonight.
2: What did happen? You were there. You saw. Plasmid life form that hunts its prey. Predator. I want that organism alive. I think you ticked it off. the blob terror has no shape
0: for the first feature review we have the blob 1988 rated r 95 minutes tibu guess what this got on imdb without cheating
1: I, I don't know. I don't. I don't go to IMDb, so I don't know. Good. Take a guess. Uh, I'm gonna guess. That's a IMDb... point scale. No, something I know. I know point how...
0: something. Oh, okay.
1: I know how they do their thing, and I kind of gauge the yeah. So I'm gonna guess this movie got a four point eight to a five point four. This got a six point five. If you can believe that okay okay and, I, and i'm going off based on how i know how imdb gauges horror films sure uh, which is 6.5 is
0: really fucking high on imdb
1: yeah it is really it high is. they ne- i was gonna say they never have anything over like a seven hardly ever like it's rare right for yep. a horror movie than yeah, is our fucking favorite genre i know i'm mad too. i just got
0: another no i'm mad because i fucking swallowed a bug <laughs> I kind of like half-chewed it. That's some protein, uh, bro. Protein well, to get through you this what, fucking... We're, we're like two you're weeks like... away from not having to worry about this shit anymore. So.
1: Well, you're the blob over there. Wait, what? God. We... No bugs? Ugh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The cold weather's going to come in. Cold yep. weather's coming shit. Yep. yep.
0: Uh, rotten Tomatoes. Take
1: a guess. Oh, that's probably higher. Like I would say probably like in the 70s. 73%. 62 Okay, lower than the Institute. IMDb rating. That's weird. Lower, yep. All
0: right. Um, yeah, no, I, I was a little bit surprised too. Can you hear that?
1: Yes. Ooh, Pour yeah, that bro. shit, bitch. Pour it.
0: Yeah, no, I've been on a um, – yeah, no, it, it's, it's deliciousness. That's, the more,
1: that's more of the, your uh, pumpkin stout?
0: Actually, it's not. This is just a New Belgium uh, triple. It's a Belgian-style ale. Uh that is 8.5%. So yep, I'm saving stuff. S- oh dude, love it. I fucked up. I, I well I didn't really fuck up, but after my game, you know, we have a hockey game in the arena. Basically, there's no locker room, so you got to change in the parking lot. So some buddies of mine, we back our trucks up into this one spot. We get ready and because I had a hockey game tonight, by the way. And uh we get ready. We go in, skate, we come back out and we have some beers. Well, I didn't know that fucking everybody had plans. So I cracked open a beer and I sat and drank one of those Belgian triples by myself tonight. And it's eight and a half percent. And I didn't realize it. I'm like, why did I open this one? (laughs) You know, I was so busy at work today. I, I didn't eat lunch and it was, you know, even though I weighed 250 pounds, you know, Oh,
1: the six size. four
0: six four two fifty i have one beer and i'm like oh cripes this
1: the size disparity between between boss and i i just want to let all the listeners know this we found this out <laughs> six four two fifty i'm five four like one fifty <laughs> <laughs> yep a little oh, cajun man. guy talking yep. to this big fucking viking from iowa Pretty or minnesota well from
0: minnesota, from minnesota. i minnesota, hate
1: minnesota, minnesota viking uh, yeah, there, yeah. You go.
0: there you go. How about that side tangent? Let's get into the blob. So this is directed by Chuck Russell, who this guy is legit. Um, he directed a lot of people's favorite, uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, which is the third
1: one, Dream Warriors. Yep.
0: He's got a lot of uh, horror he, uh, thread
1: to him. He, he co-wrote uh, th- that movie with uh, Frank Darabont.
0: Yes, yep, yep. Uh, and and the blob with frank darabont yes yep uh he also directed bless a child Uh, a couple of these other usually i only talk about um horror credits but i randomly just saw eraser do you remember eraser from i think it was 96 with schwarzenegger yeah great movie uh i randomly just watched that one in the last like couple weeks um, and then The Mask, which, I mean, that movie is just hilarious. It just seems so different. But if you but, think yeah. about it, I mean, not to get off on a side tangent, dude, The Mask, even though it's a comedy with Jim Carrey, that's pretty fucking dark. That's got some really dark elements to it.
1: Well, the comic books that it's based on were way darker than the movie. Um, it, yeah. it actually could be a quasi-horror if they if they made it based on the comics, yes. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool.
0: So this was, as you said, it was written – uh, well, I guess originally it was – I mean, this movie originally came out like 58, so it, it's a remake, which it's a lot of people – I mean, when you talk about the whole story, I mean, God, there's there's a lot of talk and discussion on remakes, uh, the hate for them, but I will say that The Blob actually – is a beloved remake. Um, this is one of those rare movies where I would say a majority of the people do prefer blob night, uh, 88 to blob 58. So,
1: so yeah, I I've seen, uh, people online go back and forth. Uh, there, there are people who hold the classic up as the, the example. And I'm going to admit, I've never seen the original. In fact, I've never seen this film until it was, uh, I was put to task. I'm like, hey, okay, you gotta you gotta watch the Blob from '88, and I'm like, fucking a, I've always wanted to, so what better time than now? Nice. And a lot of people love the original, though they they, they but they but do. Yes, there is some love to it. This movie is definitely the '88 version is definitely the beloved and remembered. Uh, The consensus goes to the '88 yeah. film.
0: Yep. Uh, and so I would say reworked uh, by Frank Darabont who. Again, let's, let's bring this back to, you know, it's like seven degrees of The Walking Dead um, because Frank Darabont was... And Stephen King. In it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this movie stars Shawnee Smith. Uh, if you didn't do any research from that, you're like, man, that, that name sounds real familiar. I would say that she is probably most known for Sock. Uh, she was mm-hmm. a man in the saw movies. She was also in Carnival of Souls. Uh, Kevin Dillon was in this, a young she, Kevin Dillon. She,
1: I wanted to say too, she was also on Becker. If anyone remembers that sitcom, I've never even heard of that. There's someone, someone out there right now is like, I love, yeah, I remember Becker. <laughs> yeah, it had, it, dude, no, for real, that it, Ted Danson, it, it, she was totally all up in there. All right.
0: Uh, Kevin Dillon, uh, his horror credits include Out for Blood, Poseidon, but I would say he's most notable for his role in Entourage. Jeffrey DeMunn, he is becoming a common name on the Joe Blow Horror Show, (laughs) Um, most notably for Christmas Evil, which we had talked about, but he was also in uh, The Mist with Frank Darabont and The Walking Dead with Frank Darabont. And a funny side... Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, and, and he was in another Stephen King adaptation, uh, Storm of – well, not even adaptation. I think it was an original miniseries, uh, Storm, Storm of, Century. of the Century. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he,
0: he's, he's a legit actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. Yes, he's but great. F- funny uh, side story, him and Stephen – or uh, Frank Darabont, sorry, are like legit buddies. Um, I mean, he, those two are like tied at the hip, kind of like a Carpenter-Kurt uh, Russell deal. He actually – the rumor is he was done on The Walking Dead and wanted to get killed off because that was right at the transition of Frank Darabont leaving, which, which I think is a shame because he – Frank Darabont's a fucking genius, and I would love to see where he brought The Walking Dead series. But, no, yeah, he, he played uh, Dale in The Walking Dead, and once Darabont was done, he demanded to get killed off, which – yeah, it is what it is. Also, uh, lastly, the last person we're talking about in this movie is Bill Mosley. Um, did you even know that Bill Mosley was in this? No. Yep. So Bill Mosley, obviously most notable for his Rob Zombie roles and House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, as
1: well too. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre too.
0: Yep. 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 That's another one. Uh, let's get into some trivia real quick here. Guess what the budget was on this movie back in 1988. I don't have to guess. Oh, you know. Okay. So the budget was 19 million,
1: but that's not what I read. Oh, okay. Uh... Okay. Well, we've got disparities. I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with you. Okay. I probably went to the IMDB, which might be more uh, credible. So let me shut up now. Go ahead. Well I was going to say the the
0: budget uh was reportedly 19 million but 9 of that went just to the visual effects which kind of makes sense because back in 88 yeah. Um, yeah. even though that most of this movie was done practical there were scenes with the blob that you could see where were
1: not so well, um it, but, it's green screen shit i mean right. it is what it is
0: but I mean that that also I would say nine of that million probably did go to a lot of the practical effects too, so I would imagine okay. that when they say visual effects, that probably means practical and you know green screen stuff, but you never know I mean that show 's probably pretty expensive uh, back then, and I, I would imagine that at the time this is you know done pretty well, so. Um, the partially dissolved, uh, but still alive soldier was actually played by a triple amputee stuntman, which, you know, was, was, was pretty cool. If you ever wonder movies back then, that was actually pretty common. Uh, even all the way up to the 2004 dawn of the dead. If you remember the parking garage scene where the zombie was like, uh, kind of doing, um, Uh, monkey bars in the parking garage Uh, that was actually (laughs) legit it was a legit uh, person with no legs so yeah this guy was a triple amputee
1: uh so basically zombie films and blob films are giving amputees work hell yeah i mean god you gotta love it you gotta love it
0: this dude lost two legs and an arm and an eye in vietnam so all respect pretty yeah pretty legit also, two roles were played by Playboy girls, so um, Vicky and uh, Julie. So if I know one of them for sure was in the car up at the Overlook. That's, she was a Playboy that's Vicky. one. Yeah, that was Vicky. And then Julie. I can't remember who Julie was, but uh, she, was in there. she was in there as well, too. Uh, here's something I wrote down just for you, Tibu. I Thank know. I, I've been waiting to say it. Yep. The exterior shots were shot in Abbeville, Louisiana. Am I saying that right?
1: Abbeville. Abbeville. Okay. Yep. 30, 35 minutes from where I currently live. And I used to work, I used to uh, have a one day a week route in that city doing an old job I used to do. Um, so I've been to some of these locations and I knew about it at the time. So I purposefully okay. went to the theater and all that. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And I also have
0: one other thing I wrote down just for you. So, uh, if you if you caught this uh, or if you read something on it, the two main characters in this movie were Meg and Brian. Mm-hmm. The notable thing are their last names. It's Meg Penny Flag? and Brian Flag.
1: Yep. Yes. Yep. It's Little Stephen
0: King references. To Stephen
1: King. Yep. Yep. So, I did, I did not research that when I was when I was watching the movie I caught it and I was like uh-huh yeah, yeah. Flag for anyone Rand, Randall that,
0: Flag oh yeah yep
1: and my and, favorite Stephen ahead. King book of all time is The Stand and Penny for Pennywise right Correct yep yep so I did, I I, I guessed that I guess Penny Penny for Pennywise Flag I knew cuz Flag is Stephen King's main antagonist in many of his novels Yep I oh, know. Yeah. That's all I have for
0: trivia. Uh, Do you have anything you want to add before we get into the movie?
1: No, I'm just proud that it was shot in my home state for whatever that reason might be. Good old Abbeyville,
0: Louisiana. All right, well, let's get into (laughs) The Blob 1988. Take us away.
1: All right. This film opens with some out-of-place, mid-'90s-looking title cards, set against both cosmic and earthly backdrops I so we see that. the earth I know dude we see the earth and the sun we see this little small town and an eerie quiet has settled in over it and uh, this is Arborville California Arbor? Arba? How do they say it in the film? Arborville?
2: Uh, Arborville California
1: <laughs> and, uh, it seems to foreshadow a world rendered without life but the silence is broken by a high school football game, and uh, after being tackled through Bobby Boucher's sideline refreshment stand, our would-be hero Paul he manages to ask a girl out on a date before losing consciousness.
0: Shawnee um,
1: Smith. Yeah. Elsewhere in this uh, in this town, there's a wannabe member of the Lost Boys. <laughs> to me, he. <laughs> sporting a jean, uh, black jean jacket or, or leather jacket
0: with hair extensions. I don't know if you caught that too, but <laughs> both Shawnee Smith and, uh, Kevin Dillon had hair extensions at behest of Chuck Russell. So I thought that was great.
1: He's cruising around on his dirt bike and he, he gets into like a, a minor accident. He, what was he like? was skidding off that bridge.
0: Yeah. And he, he tumbles. Was, yep. He was sitting a 17, 16 year old kid leaning up, uh, You know, out in the, it almost looked like a desert. I'm like, so which makes sense, I guess, if they're out in California. But you know, crushing an old school Budweiser, and um, yeah, he's he's like, I'm gonna finally make this jump on this bridge.
1: So he goes to make the jump, and he, you know, he, I guess he bitches out, or I forget exactly what happens with him, but he skids off, and it's much to the amusement of some random piss bum is just there, like applauding that he that he fucked up. Um, I'll tell you what
0: was was this movie not just a typical stereotype of an '80s movie with your set of your, your cast of characters? I mean, you've got the jock, you've got the sweetheart, the cheerleader, you've got the bad, the boy. bad boy, yep yeah. yep, and then you've got the the, 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 the grumpy
1: sheriff, the whole yeah. yeah. It is. It's 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 a rundown of an '80s. It's 1988. The the decade knew what it was doing by this point. So, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, Meanwhile, somewhere else in town, uh, what's the sheriff's name? Herb? Sh- Sheriff Herb is hitting on a waitress, and they decide the to hook cafe.
0: up. Local cafe,
1: yep. It's a good they, old they, country
0: they... concert. Hey, you, you, know, you know
1: the country concerts tonight, right? <laughs> they decide to hook up after her shift. Yeah, she leaves a little note on his receipt like, I get off at 11. Yep. And, and then you'll get me off. No. Um,
0: yeah, you better believe that.
1: So, so our motorcycle or our dirt bike uh, accident prone motherfucker is, his name is Brian Flagg. That's Flagg, the titular Flag. Um, this discount lost boy gets grilled by the sheriff uh, while he's, you know, making his way through town. I guess he's had some trouble in high school or, you know, what have you and um he goes and visits his old boss or maybe his current boss uh, yeah i a, guess a, i i don't know who he was i kind of took him as just like
0: you know he's he's like a gearhead he's he's got his motorcycle like i i kind of took him as like uh someone he just
1: well he said he said I'll put him in, out he said i'll put in hours later like like yeah. as if he worked for him before on the weekend yeah yep something but like he, that he, he's looking for tools cause he needs to go yep. back and fix his, his crashed bike. And, um, him and the guy have a, a brief exchange about, you know, maybe the weather's going to change soon. There's going to be some snowfall. You can guarantee it according to. Yeah.
0: So you get the idea that this is a tourist town. Uh, it, they're all looking forward to the ski season. There's multiple comments on that. Whether you know, first off you get it in the, um, in the cafe, where she's talking about, you know, well, well, tour season's coming up here. And then you also get it with the the guy that's picking up all the snowmobiles, which I thought was cool as hell. I'm a huge snowmobile buff, and seeing all those old sleds in there getting worked on, I was like, I love this.
1: Well, now, let me ask you this before we keep going further. Uh-huh. You've seen this movie before?
0: So what I'll say is, and I feel like I prefaced this every time we talk about a movie from the eighties or nineties is I grew up and I loved horror movies. I watched them all the time. I saw, I don't, I can't tell you if I saw this movie a hundred percent, but I, I, I caught multiple parts of it, but you know, this is back, you know, back in the late eighties, early to mid nineties, when there is no such thing as TiVo or recording stuff so you've you know you'd sit down and you'd flip through channels and you'd find this so I've watched parts of it this may very well have been the first time I've ever watched it from start to finish oh for that matter it's been so long that it almost was like watching it from the beginning again so I I went in basically just saying it's a first time watch I might as well just say that because it's been so long even though I know that I've seen certain parts of it before.
1: I get that, and I've got the same experience with certain films. Um, getting back to the the the, the plot, so uh, uh, later that evening, the aforementioned piss bum and his hobo dog are crushing cans. They're 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 going to make some money later. When a glowing, hot pink meteorite hurtles down from the sky and crashes into the nearby woods, they're all pink in the middle. <laughs> and the the face that the piss bum makes. Just like the, ooh, like he's so freaked out. <laughs> yep. It's priceless. I love it. Dude, he's um, got
0: that cast iron pan on his foot, just crushing cans. I was like, I fucking <laughs> love it. I love it.
1: He, he's prepared to make his money, dude. I love it. Yeah. Uh, at the pharmacy in town, Scott Jeske, uh, I, I pulled that name because yep. um, I think they only say Scott. I don't know. He He's he's buying they some They did condoms. say Scott
0: Jesky at one point.
1: They did? Okay. Yep. Uh, he's buying some condoms and he claims that they're for his buddy across the store, Paul, when he's questioned by the local priest and the pharmacist. So he's he's buying these condoms and um the film cuts to the piss bum investigating the meteorite that just land that just crashed. He's poking it with a stick as you do when yep. you find something like a dead body or a meteorite, you get a stick and you yeah, you, you know you see- prod it.
0: It, it looked like a meteor broken open. There's some weird goo going in there. So yeah, you're you're gonna poke a stick at it. No one's gonna you know touch it.
1: And that goo, that gelatinous mass, clutches onto the stick, and he brings it up to his face, and it it attacks him. It, it uh, latches onto his hand. So we jump cut to the to a kid slurping up Dude. jello. I wrote that down.
0: I fucking wrote jump cut scene with Jell-O was great. I fucking love that.
1: Awesome. Awesome. It was awesome it was, jump it was, cut.
0: I loved it. I <laughs> that was so perfect.
1: <laughs> so the kid's slurping up Jell-O, and he uh, the I forget the kid's name. I think it's Kevin. He's he's trying to persuade his uh, the lady of the house, his mom, into letting him and his friend go to a horror movie at the local theater, which She's not too keen on. And the name of that horror movie is Garden, Garden, Tool, yeah. Massacre. Garden Tool Massacre. It's like, <laughs> God damn, this is so 80s as fuck. Yep. I love it, man. Yeah, it's, it's, like, awesome. it's like Slumber Party Massacre or, you know, yeah, it's so many of those titles. She, she doesn't like that. So she's like, no, you can't go do that. And then uh, Paul, the, the guy that got uh, tackled earlier, he shows up looking for Meg. Uh, she's the daughter and the girl that he acts out earlier in the film. The cheerleader. And, uh, the cheerleader. So she's like, yeah, come on in. Uh, well, the, the mom lets him in. She meets, Meg meets Paul at the door. Then she's like, yeah, meet my dad before we go out. And she brings him in like, Dad, I want you to meet Paul. He lowers the newspaper. It it's perfect. the pharmacist from earlier. And I did not remember that from the last time I
0: watched this. And I, I mean, I knew where it was going. But I, I, I thought that was just fantastic. I was, well, this, I was this so is, happy this with that. This is the so.
1: joke. This is the joke. Earlier, Scott Jesky tells the pharmacist, like, uh, he, he asks him, Do you want regular or ribbed? And he's like, uh, It doesn't matter. It's for my friend or whatever. Ribbed. Yeah. He gets ribbed. The dad sees the kid that was standing in the pharmacy earlier, Paul, and, he's, and he just, that's all he repeats ribbed. ribbed.
0: Yeah, so it was it was perfect because yeah, the, the Scott J. That's where he says his name is is afterwards <laughs> when they're walking out, uh, um, Paul and and uh, Meg, uh, he's like Scott Jasky, I'm gonna get him back or whatever because yeah, he completely threw him under the bus and he's like, well, he made me buy him and <laughs> no, it was it was great.
1: That's my buddy there buying these rib condoms. That ain't gonna go over so well, man.
0: Well, when they were in the when they were in the the pharmacy it worked out perfect because scott jasky's trying to buy the condoms but um Paul, paul's like
1: come on man i can't keep this girl waiting
0: yeah, paul's trying to go to meet the girl and then it just <laughs> it is
1: perfect that that th- that that whole scene and that whole joke that works that's so fucking good it does i love that shit
0: timeless it's it's funny now and it's you know, oh yeah 30 years later
1: you imagine you're trying to bang some chick Oh, and, God, I could not imagine. Oh, oh dude.
0: And the, oh man, <laughs> The dad greets
1: you at the door. Like, and when, it's like, when, she,
0: when he let her go back, I'm like, <laughs> how the fuck did she even go back out with him?
1: I know. I want to see that scene where she convinces him. Like, no, dad, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. So Brian Flagg, is, uh, he's back in the woods. He's fixing up his bike in the dark. And he becomes a bit spooked by the ambiance of the isolated woods. Then suddenly... The piss bum bursts from the brush, and he tries to chop his own hand off with an axe. Dude, the, the and they show it. They show the fucking the axe chopping sh- in. Yep, you get some you get some blood flow right here. Okay, this is good shit. Paul and Meg, they hit the piss bum with their car. He goes running through the woods, and Brian Flag is following behind. They hit the piss bum with their car, so. So Paul, he he makes Flag accompany them to the hospital, uh, which was kind of a one of those scenes where,
0: man, if I was Brian Flagg, I'd have been like, "Fuck off, dude!" It, it, but
1: that that's in every one of those movies where, well, as a he, viewer, well, you are sitting there and you are like, "No, no, 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 no," because earlier the sheriff, you know, got on his ass. So right, yeah, I took I took this as he's trying to mind his uh his p's and q's, you know, oh, like oh, trying absolutely. to absolutely. But yeah, sure. I, I'm,
0: I'm saying looking at it as, as a movie viewer, it's one of those scenes where, but I, again, every movie has this and you can make this excuse or this comment with a lot of other people. <laughs> Are you all right, Tebu? <laughs> no, but, but seriously, um, you, you can make the comment of, of any, any of them where it's like, give me 15 seconds and I can explain what happened. But again, th- that's, that's, that's what you see in every movie.
1: I have that all the time. Like, just right. take the extra two minutes to explain the situation. But uh, yeah, so, uh, all the while, when they're, they're loading the, the piss bum into their car, he's just murmuring like, it fell from the sky. <laughs> he's just trying to get it out, but no one's listening to him. Yeah. So um, a very apathetic, uninterested nurse greets uh, Megan Paul, and she's just questioning them question after question regarding the status of a piss bombs insurance policy otherwise he won't be seen about i mean it's kind of like well goddamn lady i mean and and they 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 give up they're like you know they don't they don't care about an explanation here is what what a flag says he's like you know i'm out so you know where to find me um so, yeah, Flag fucks off, and uh, he leaves Paul and Meg to explain what happened w- with the injured bum. And uh, a little later, Paul notices that the bum is writhing around under his bed sheets. He's going to buy a soda for Meg, and he sees, he sees it off in the distance down the hallway. And he goes to a doctor, and he's like, hey, man, this guy's dying over here. So he brings this doctor in to inspect bum. Well, the doctor the and
0: the nurse were the same as you said, apathetic, they didn't give two shits. They you know, don't the care. The doctor was, yeah, they they just don't care. I mean, even though the doctor was with, uh, you know, it's it's like, ah, he's fine kind of thing.
1: He, the doctor comes in to check on the bum and he pulls the sheets back from the bum laying on on the gurney. And all that remains is the upper half of his body. The lower torso and his legs are completely gone. Everything
0: that you love from 80s movies summed up in that scene with the special effects and everything is great.
1: It's just gore and viscera left behind, dude. That's all it is. And Paul Paul freaks out. He starts trying to call uh, the police. And at the same time, this large, pink, amorphous blob crawls up the wall onto the ceiling above Paul and just drops down, consuming the teenager. You, you think this guy at this point is like your main character. I thought so. Yes,
0: yes. I love that scene. That was the next thing I wrote down was Scott's – or Scott. Paul's death scene Paul. was unexpected and it was perfect.
1: Meg, Meg, she arrives just in time to lend a hand, but that's all she manages to save is, Paul, is Paul's hand. Yep. Because the blob, it erodes his flesh in its pink mass. He's gone. She just pulls back his arm, and it falls to the floor, and that's all that's left of him, dude. It's so fucking gross. It's like, but oh, it's,
0: shit. It's, it's perfect. I loved how they flipped the script on a – I mean – we've talked a lot about scream tonight, but it's kind of the same thing, not on the same scale, but you're like, Oh, drew Barrymore. She's going to be, you know, the main character, same thing. Oh, Paul's going to be the main character. No, we're going to kill him off. in the first real death scene. And I loved it. It was, it was awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Darabont was doing that in 88 y'all. Yep. That's all I gotta say. Um, <laughs> in another isolated place up, up in the woods, uh Scott is making out with his girlfriend Vicky, that Playboy Playmate. Oh yeah in his car. So they're they're at the traditional like uh lovers. Overlook. Lane. Yep. Yeah, like where all the teens go and park and you can see the cityscape below you and they're making out. So he he, he, he goes to, to retrieve like some, some alcoholic beverage from his trunk slash mini bar, which is so cool. I
0: that was I'm not gonna fluff around this point that was one of my favorite parts of the movie I was like Fuck that yes. this character that they in in the two small scenes you get with him was one of my I, I think he was my favorite character between him and the uh, in the pharmacy and him at the overlook <laughs> with that cheesy fucking well, you never ex- expect that and you've never seen no. that before I love no. it
1: I've never seen that before, and, and what you just said is kind of going to go towards my rating later, but yeah, Scott is a memorable character, um, and sadly, this is kind of all you get, really, yeah. because uh, he returns to his date with his beverages, and uh, she appears to be asleep, so Scott starts to sleep creep. He's undoing <laughs> one button on her blouse at a time, all while Talk, talking, talking to her through it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, it's Murm? like
0: Oh, yeah, you're warm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, it's, it's funny, but it's also, I mean, it's, it's creepy. And that's when the blob unspools tentacles from her midriff. Her face oh, caves awesome. in, and it starts sprouting more tentacles as it attacks Scott. And that's all you see is that the fucking windows of the car burst, and you never see Scott or Vicky again. They're gone. So. such a
0: great scene such a the death the death that that whole scene if i had to pick my favorite like five minutes in a movie that was probably it with scott and his over-the-top ridiculous i mean like it doesn't even make sense i mean okay. how did you drive there with- <laughs> Like it's just shocking around in a, a bowl truck. of strawberries <laughs> and uh dude, it was so perfect. He's got the works, he's got the works going on it's in that. It's legit, trunk, dude. yeah, yeah. I mean he's got a full bar in there, and then to have it capped off with that scene, and you as a viewer, you know exactly where it's going. You just don't know how they're gonna get there. I, I loved it. I, I absolutely love that scene.
1: It, Scott was DTF, but he got he got murdered. Yeah. Hardcore. Yeah, it was really um, good. Uh back, back at Meg's house, uh her father, the pharmacist, is he's all riled up about, you know, what, what happened earlier at the hospital and the her uh, Meg's mother tries to comfort her, but Meg knows that no one is believing her about this blob entity. Like no one's taking her seriously. And uh the police and her parents, they're convinced that Brian Flagg has something to do with this, the death of Paul and the, uh, the piss bomb. So on the, on the outskirts of town, the blob makes its way into the sewers while Flagg is being questioned down at the police station. And um, he, <laughs> he fucking licks the face of one of the cops that's questioning him <laughs> during the questioning, just straight up, full on, yep. tongue fucks the, the shit out of this dude's face. Um, the, the cops are suspicious of Flagg, but they have no motive no evidence to fully arrest him and book him so they let him go and 2 seconds after this dude has left the police station he's confronted by Meg she she speeds into her the little Volkswagen Beetle yeah she's like i came down here to pay your bail but you know he's like it, he compares it to some law attorney or a bail bondsman or something and um flag pretty much brushes Meg off and he tries to uh, to get uh, a bite to eat down at the diner that we were at earlier with the sheriff and the waitress. Yep. yep. And um, the waitress is still there, and she's like, "Honey, you know, I'll make you a sandwich. The grill's off, but I could do that for you." Meg follows Brian in. She's trying to convince him that something strange is going on, something other, something that was on the piss bum's hand is killing people and getting bigger. At the same time, the drain in the kitchen of the diner is clogged and uh, one of the bus boys is attempting to unclog it only to be forcefully pulled into the drain pipe by his hand. And He starts getting sucked in. The
0: practical effects on that were awesome. Like,
1: No, yeah.
0: His head getting sucked into that drain. I thought that was pretty sweet.
1: I kind of feel like the movie's blowing its load in these first few deaths, but I'll get to that later. Um, as as uh, Brian and Meg and the waitress, whose name I keep forgetting, uh, they 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 look on in horror as the busboy is sucked in, his bones breaking and cracking, his flesh eroding until finally the blob starts shooting up against the ceiling like it's spurting yep. out. And Meg and Flag take refuge in the freezer. While the waitress breaks through some window and stumbles into some trash cans in the back alley behind the restaurant, and uh, she she scurries into a payphone and she's trying to call the sheriff. Side story:
0: When's the last time you saw a real, true payphone?
1: Uh, like the when I lived in New uh, New Jersey and I, I worked in New York City, so like seven years ago at this point or eight. The, yeah, like they're
0: they're virtually like non-existent however where i hunt uh next month when i'm up hunting i will a uh, month and a half i'll send it to you there is a payphone up in the middle of fucking nowhere up in northern minnesota and every time i drive by it i think of like you know horror movies and because you never see them around anymore but they're always in horror movies but anyways keep going
1: ah uh, so 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 the waitress scurries into this phone booth and um she, she's trying to call the sheriff. Her her date for the night. They were going to go see some country music, but uh, instead they got visited by the blob. And uh, <laughs> she's trying to get a hold of him for help, but the dispatcher tells her that the sheriff he's already left. He's heading for the diner. At that moment, the sheriff's dissolving corpse floats. It just floats right up, right up to her face, right up against the glass of the phone booth, yep. and. There's this viscous, acidic body that's breaking him down, and it bursts through the phone booth and absorbs the waitress. She's gone. She's done for.
0: I'll tell you what. This at this point, I wrote down because again, I, I forgot about the sheriff. I forgot about her. I wrote down that this is one of those rare movies. Like I don't in the last. I would say month or two, most of the movies I've been watching have been, you know, prepping for our end of the year episodes. So I've been cramming a lot of, you know, 2019 movies. Um, So I don't know if that has anything to do with this, but what I really noticed was all of the characters in this movie are quote unquote good guys and they all get fucking killed off. And I feel like you don't see that. Anymore, I feel like all these movies you get, you, you, you know, they they you, you get these stereotypical, you know, kind of assholes or or like your teenage, you know, you, you don't have any feelings for for them. The difference with this movie is that they did just enough to build these characters up to where you're like with the sheriff and the waitress. You know, th- there were scenes in there that you could consider throwaway scenes, but you know, I mean, he's an older guy that's single she's an older girl that's single and they're trying to you know go on a date and you're like oh or with um you know the the good guy even if we want to talk about the dude the bus boy like you said at the cafe you know he is just there making a sandwich but if you think about it they're making free meals for brian flag and this guy is back there he's a bus boy and he sees her struggling with struggling with the pipes, and he's like, oh, "I'll go and take care of it for you." Another good guy. All of these people are actual genuine characters that you have like feelings for. And this movie is just, you know, yeah, we're we're gonna kill them all off. But to that credit, that's Frank Derbond. I mean, yes, let's, let's yes, talk about is. let's talk about the mist. I mean, I mean, but I love it though. I mean, I I was really impressed with how they how they
1: No, you're right character after character in frank darabont stories just they they, they're 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 as eligible for destruction as anyone else i mean i agree with that the way you're saying that makes me kind of look at this slightly different than than what i was but uh i'm gonna i'm gonna keep going a little bit um yep yep. uh brian flag and meg escape they escape the diner, but, but that priest from earlier in the pharmacy, he comes walking up the street at, at night, and he sees very, the blob. The a key scene. Very, very key. Uh, he, he sees the blob entering the sewer from some uh, street-side drainage, I don't know what you call a culvert, something. And he, he, he goes inside the diner to like assess the damage or whatever. Excuse me. And while he's there, he finds some brilliant pink crystals in the freezer and he, he collects them up and uh, he stores them in a, a glass jar. So that's that's going to... So what
0: happened with that scene was the blob, they so Brian Flagg and Meg Penny were trying to hide from the blob and they went into the freezer. The blob tried oozing underneath the door and it froze and some of it got broken off.
1: Yep, yep. Uh yeah, I I missed that little part, but that that is what happens. That when they hide in the freezer, Blob tries to come through, but it's like, oh, Shana, no, I can't go in there. So it, it 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 retracts, and and the priest finds the the crystals left behind. Um, so at Small, the police station, a couple of them, yeah, v- just a few at the police station. Uh, Brian Flag and Meg Penny, yeah. Uh, they demand to see the sheriff, but the dispatcher she's overwhelmed. She's she she's getting phone call after phone call from distressed townies, and um, so they give up on that and they head over to Elkins Grove, which I guess is like an out uh, the outskirts area of the town of Arborville. They call it Elkins Grove. It's the wooded area, and they 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 come across a search party comp, uh comprised of officers and volunteers. That are looking for any clues as to what happened earlier with the piss bomb, I guess. Um, Helicopters descend on them. And people wearing hazmat suits emerge from the woods. And one of these hazmat suited motherfuckers is Dr. Meadows. And he explains to Paul – not Paul – Brian and Meg that they're here to – research the meteorite and the possibility of off-world microbes. So they're biologists, I guess, and government, you know, people. And that's the, that's his prime concern is what came out of this meteorite. The good doctor, he's worried about possible space germs invading and killing off humanity. Much like he theorizes is what ultimately happened to the dinosaurs. So, uh, Meg's little brother and his friend—they're—they're—they're they're, they're at the movie theater. They're enjoying *Garden Tool Massacre*. At that time, the bo- the the blob infiltrates the projection room. It kills the projectionist. Let me ask
0: you real quick: When you first met Doctor Meadows, were you at first thinking he was like a legit, like, oh, this guy is no. a good guy, he cares? No, no. Okay, well, he—they—they—they they, they got me. Hook line and sinker. I was like,
1: okay. "No, I thought he. I I figured he was gonna be a nefarious character. No, later. Yeah, okay. No, I'm not. I, I'm not saying. I just. I I'm like, Nah, dude. You're you're part of the government. <laughs> you're you're here to fuck shit up. I know you. Um, and well, we'll see where it goes. So the projectionist gets killed. He's peeking into the uh the AC gets cut off. Is what happens. Um, and he's he's bitching about that. So he goes. Yeah, well, he's in-
0: up there working all the equipment and he's getting roasted out of there. It's too hot.
1: Yeah, he goes up into the vents and, and the blob just comes down through the fucking vents. It, it, it splatters him to the ceiling. Like it sticks him to the ceiling and he's being eviscerated by this, this gelatinous entity. Uh, a valet comes in and sees it. Uh, you call them a valet, right? What are those guys called? Because they don't really exist anymore. The, no, the,
0: valet is who parks your car. He is like a
1: a ticket taker but also yeah, like an, yep. an usher. 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 Yeah, 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 usher. So one of the ushers comes in. They they I think he gets killed too, yeah? I forget. I don't remember. I'm going to chalk it up to he gets killed as well. Um I, Dr. Meadows at this time is having a a conversation with Flagg and Meg, and he, he wants them both to go get checked out for possible contamination. And um, in my opinion, he basically abducts them uh, and puts them in a government... Yeah, he, he does. He puts them in a government van uh, with some government-funded muscle. And uh, during their ride in this transport, Flagg lockpicks the back door and well, straight well, he up had- jumps the fuck out.
0: He had uh the old ratchet set from that he borrowed from his friend, so he just like like took the lock off or whatever
1: yeah perfect. he fucking, yeah. he got the hell out of there, and he's like, yep. you know, I know what's going on, so fuck this and and Meg you know he, he leaves her behind, but she thinks that these people are here to help, so she stays she she eventually shows up with uh, uh ever basically everybody else in town, the majority of the citizens are all being brought to town hall the 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 capital of the town, whatever where they 're being put under quarantine. She meets her parents there and she 's freaking out about her brother uh they didn 't know that he actually snuck off to go watch that horror movie, so she's yeah, heading him for and the him cinema. his buddy yep, yeah, him and his friend, so she heads for the uh the cinema and at this point, the blob has consumed the film ro- the film reel, and, and, and the, the entire screen is just covered in this pink light. And it starts to absorb all the moviegoers. It bursts out of the projection room. P- chaos ensues. Uh, people are running everywhere. All the patrons are trying to flee into the streets. Meg rushes in looking for her brother and his friend, only to find a panicked crowd running from – and being consumed by an ever growing blob. This thing just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Dude, this scene is out of control. Like there there was,
0: was Yeah, it was I love this scene. It was mass carnage.
1: And this is what people remember. They remember this scene. Um uh she and her brother and his friend, they they make it out of a side exit, I think, and retreat into the sewers, but the blob is probing that manhole that they sneak down into with tentacles, and it grabs hold of Meg, and it manages to burn away some of her hair, dropping her down into the sewer. So she barely, barely escapes. And um, uh, Brian has – Brian Flag. he's doubled back to his bike, and he's, he's uh, fixing that down in Elkins Elkins Grove? Elms Grove? I forget the name of the place. I forget, um yeah. So he's fixing his motorbike, but he eavesdrops on uh, Doctor Meadows and his colleagues as they extract the meteorite from its pit and reveal that they already are aware of this all-consuming blob. It's a virus. It's and all it's ex-
0: man-made. It's it's a it's a United States uh, satellite, basically.
1: This this is why my distrust was there from the beginning, dude. I knew these motherfuckers were up to no good. Um, it's expanding and eating everything at an alarming rate. Uh, Meadows, Doctor Meadows, he wants to contain the blob, claiming that it's that its capture will revolutionize w- weaponry, uh, germ and warfare. warfare.
0: Yeah, germ warfare yeah. is what he said.
1: It's gonna. It, it takes priority over the people of Arborville, and he calls them expendable. Mm-hmm. So. Flag. He's he's nearly captured, but he evades. <laughs> he evades all the hazmat suits who give chase on dirt bikes of their own, and uh, helicopters
0: and Ford Broncos.
1: Blue Jay
0: Simpson was behind the wheel of that one.
1: But before the chase is over, there's helicopters. Yeah, like you said, there's Broncos. It goes. The Bronco goes over a fucking cliff and like crashes. <laughs> They're shooting at this motherfucker. Uh, Flag loses the helicopter bike. Well, he He ball-
0: finally, that was, they finally brought it back around to that whole scene where in the beginning, when you first meet Brian or yeah, Brian Flagg, he finally got the courage up. He, 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 he laid his bike down the very first time because he's afraid to jump that bridge. This scene, they brought the whole bridge and everything back into play and he was being chased by the Broncos, the, helicopters and he had enough courage where he jumped that bridge and the bronco went off and yeah so that that whole scene kind of wrapped it back around
1: i'm glad you caught that because i i I didn't first time watch i did not catch some of these intricacies but fucking yeah man fucking a very good um so at, at at this point uh he evades them by, by finding a a sewage drain that he can he can go down, and uh d- during this chase, like like while this is happening, Meg and her younger brother and his friend, they're trying to find like a, a, a different route out of the sewer, like get get the fuck away from the blob, you know, but they get attacked by the blob, and her her brother's friend and several nameless hazmat suits are absorbed into the blob at this point. Uh, but she saved at the last minute. Doesn't she, uh, send her brother off, like get the hell out of here type thing.
0: No. So it was still her and her brother and his, her brother's friend in the sewers.
1: One of them gets absorbed, dude. And that's her, her
0: brother's friend.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so she tells her brother to get the hell out of there. He runs away. um, and then she's saved at the last second by Brian, who pulls pulls her to safety, and they start speeding through the sewers on his dirt bike. I guess well, yeah. Big- so
0: I guess w- what happened was is they they were in the sewer and they came to like a uh, like a like a what do you call it? a cesspool kind of area where they come to a dead end. It's just a big area where the water pools up, and the friend gets eaten by the blob which i gotta say child death unexpected um they had no problem and that was a pretty gruesome death scene in general but it was also with like a 10 year old kid which i i gotta you
1: know yeah applaud that that
0: that, yeah they 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 have no fucks to give when they're killing off kids so what happens is is
1: they go ahead I would say, too, this might, in my opinion, be the last good death scene of the film.
0: Um, yeah, yep. I guess I'll have to think about that. But, yeah, that that was a really solid death scene there. Uh, they climb up to a storm grate where she pushes her brother through. He's free and clear. She is obviously an adult or, or close enough to an adult where she cannot fit through so she's dangling there. This blob at this point has eaten enough people where it's gotten big enough where it's, I mean, it looks like she's fucked. Well, you finally find the, uh, the government people, I guess you'll call them, tracked, tracked her and the blob down. So the whole point is, is, is Meadows wants to keep this, um, he wants to keep it alive uh he's he's looking at this as a weapon and he doesn't care about anybody that dies they're all expendable as tibu said including his own men yep and uh what happened was um they get to the cesspool area and they shoot at the blob just in time to draw the attention away from uh meg and one of the guys gets you know absorbed and then meg drops down and that is when she meets up with, uh, Brian. And then that, mm-hmm. that, this is where you're talking about the whole scene with the bike.
1: They speed off through the sewers on a dirt bike. And I'm like, are there sewers this big? Like for real? Oh yeah. They're, they're overflow. So especially in California
0: and all of these areas where you don't get a lot of rain, you get, uh, basically you get flash flooding. The problem is, is the ground is so dry when you get rain, it doesn't have enough time to absorb into the earth. So you have to have these huge overflow tubes. So that's very common.
1: Okay. I didn't know that. So, so good. I'm glad you knew that. Now I was looking at it like, really? But for the sake of the movie, I didn't care. Like it wasn't going to detract. I sure. thought it was cool that. So, so, so Brian and Meg are speeding through the, the sewers and they barely skate by the blob. It almost gets them. And uh they, 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 they make their way to a uh a ladder and a manhole cover that they're gonna get out of, but they encounter Dr. Meadows and he decides to seal them in, knowing full well that they will be trapped in there with the blob. Uh Brian <laughs> they they encounter another hazmat suit worker who's down there, one of one of Meadows' men, and uh Brian gets a rocket launcher off of him why the fuck he has a rocket launcher? I was like, God damn, this is 80s as fuck.
0: He pulled an AT-4 rocket launcher off of one of the military guys.
1: Okay, so that's a subtle thing I missed. Yep, because there was three um,
0: military guys that were down there, and they were the ones that distracted the blob enough time for um, Meg to drop
1: down. Again, first-time watch, so I'm sorry to anyone who's listening. Uh, Thank you, Bostuna, for being there to fucking fill in these gaps. Um, So he shoots this rocket launcher, all right? (laughs) This is awesome. Um, He takes the rocket launcher from from the guy in the hazmat suit, and uh, he shoots it up through the manhole cover, and it blows up one of these fucking vans that are parked on top.
0: Yes, this was this was a pretty uh, important scene because at this point, Meadows has to make a call where he's like, okay, well, we're having a hard time. contain Because he sent the three guys down there to contain the blob. Well, obviously, they failed. And you've got these three people down there, which is two now. And he's got to make a call. And he says, seal it off. So at this point, they're guarding all of the storm drains, and they're driving vehicles and parking them on top of all of the, uh, the, the manhole covers. So that's why he had to shoot it with the uh, AT-4 uh, rocket launcher.
1: And it blows the fuck up in spectacular fashion, and the teens escape. So they make it up to the surface, and they get into a standoff between the police, the scientist, and Flag. Everyone's got guns and they're all drawn on each other. And, and it's, uh,
0: it's a good scene because you have, basically you have the bad boy, which is Brian flag. You've got the cop that's obsessed with power. He's the one that wanted to keep Brian flag in custody when
1: with uh, his weird little mustache.
0: <laughs> yep. He's the one that wanted to keep Brian flag in custody when uh Jeffrey DeMond's character was a herb or whatever. Uh, said to let him go so you have this clash everything's all coming together at once so you've got the scene that's building up
1: and meadows he's trying to convince him like waste this guy like kill him and uh he says he's infected but brian tells them that the meteor was man-made and that the horrors befalling their community that's the scientist's fault like they know what's going on you know he's not
0: affected it's all bullshit
1: yeah and before anything can can be done the blob whips a tentacle at meadows and it drags him down into the sewer you see his face in in his little hazmat suit just get completely consumed with this pink mask. it was a
0: great scene because yeah the blob somehow got inside the suit so it didn't it didn't take him from the outside like the blob always does they flipped the script and it got inside of his suit and you see it fill his whole suit, his hazmat suit from the inside out. It was, it was, I loved it. It was perfect.
1: It was. It, I, I really did too. It was good. And and a few of the, these government men in hazmat suits, they start like shooting down into the the manhole with guns, just like bullet after bullet. They're they're unloading fucking clips or magazines in, into this. I'm not a.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure. Magazines.
1: What yeah. All, what what guns they were using? But they were fucking it up. They throw a bomb in there. They blow it up, but uh, to no avail. The ground begins to quake and the road rumbles and it splits open as the blob spews itself out into the air and begins a rampage through town, collecting people to absorb as it tears through the streets. Dude, this, this scene's fucking awesome.
0: This, yes, I, this was the very last thing I wrote from the movie because it's an epic final fight ending. Um, and 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 it caps it off with a nice little twist that we'll talk about later. But yeah, this is exact exactly what you'd expect. I mean, it was an epic fight, uh, and a, and, and, and an epic final scene. So I keep going. I, I I agree. I love this scene.
1: While chaos ensues, several of the men in hazmat suits try to burn the blob with flamethrowers. But they only manage to catch themselves on fire when the blob retaliates. Meg, she uses a fire extinguisher to douse one of the flames and learns that the blob is repelling from the cold. So she's using this to keep it at bay. And Which, as a viewer,
0: time- you already know from the scene at the diner.
1: Yes, where, where the priest collects the uh, the frozen crystals right. from the blob. So she's using this to keep the blob at bay while all the citizens barricade themselves inside town hall. And uh, uh, Brian goes and he hijacks a truck full of CO2, right? I believe it's CO2.
0: Yeah. So so this is a callback to the scene when he goes to get the uh, ratchet and uh, sockets from the... Uh, his his friend who's working on the snowmobiles, so mechanic you see, buddy. yeah, his mechanic buddy. So you see, earlier in the scene, he goes and opens up. So you know this thing's a snowmaker, and he's talking about how the snow, the ski season's coming up, and he's getting everything all ready to go. And he opens it up, and he grabs a couple of beers, and that's when he throws them over to Brian. So yeah, he breaks into his mechanic buddy's shop. He grabs this big truck that's a snowmaker, and.
1: He's barreling through the streets. He's knocking cars out of the way. He's on a mission. Uh, He's going towards this gigantic, murderous jelly monster. And when he arrives, he starts to spray the mutated virus as it tries to get at the scared townsfolk. But when the spray doesn't have much effect, he decides to full-on ram the blob with the fucking truck. Flipping the truck and in the process causing the large tank... Of CO two to roll off, uh, Meg places a bomb on the tanker, and as the blob tries to absorb it, like engulf the tanker, the bomb explodes. This is uh, this is where I mean, you gotta you gotta kind of decide it's, for yourself the as a viewer. It's the penultimate
0: scene of the movie, really. Yeah,
1: yeah, and you gotta decide for yourself as a viewer what do you think is going to happen later kind of thing? At least that's where I was left. So Meg and Brian, they're covered in this freezing cold powder and the blob is nowhere to be seen. The townies all come out and uh, there, there's a bit of snowfall coming down. That's when his mechanic buddy pops up and he's like, I told you there'd be snow. And uh, (laughs) the blob is now crystallized. It's, it's, it seems harmless, right? Well, Sometime later, the priest from earlier, he's giving a sermon to his congregation. And after the and, sermon and, and this is in you could tell this is not
0: in a church. This is in no, like uh, a make,
1: make, makeshift tent somewhere. Yep, yep. Where people are struggling. They're they're trying to find some sort of hope in all of this unease and, and in their desperation, they're they're seeking an answer. He's promising a day of reckoning. Well, after his sermon One of his congregation, one of his flock come to him, and they ask, well, when? When is this day? And he says, soon. And he holds up the jar that he had earlier, and the blob inside is unfrozen and moving around. It has recovered. And that's where we hit our credit sequence, and the movie is over.
0: Yes. It was a double entendre with the ending, not only do you get the satisfying ending of the blob, you get a little jump cut to the scarred, like half melted face of the Reverend. And all of a sudden, you get this oh, that's right. He went into the freezer and grabbed a couple of frozen chunks of the blob, put it in a glass jar, and he what? is ready to do it all over again.
1: When did he get scarred? I, I, again, I'm first time watch. I'm missing some things. When did he get fucked up? Um, I know he was. I know he was there during the chaos. I know he was yeah, there. He was. I, I think he
0: got all messed up and attacked uh, d- during that whole scene with the diner. I, I can't okay. pinpoint it, but yeah, yeah.
1: So. Yeah. Well i like i like the epilogue i like i like again ambiguity like well where's this gonna go from here and i was wondering the same thing when they froze the blob i'm like yeah you stopped it kind of but that's not gonna do the trick man yeah yep. that's not gonna that's not gonna hold this thing in its tracks so
0: wrapping this up let's get into um first off let's get into our dislikes and then we're just going to roll right into
1: our likes and ratings. So go ahead with your dislikes. Okay. My dislikes, I would have to reconsider upon a second watch because the way you talk about it, and I see what you're saying. Even just seeing it one time, I see what you're saying about how there there are seeds planted for a lot of these these good characters that are sprinkled throughout the film. But my dislike upon initial watch is I don't find any, except Scott, any of these characters to be memorable at all. None of them, the sheriff, uh, flag, Meg, none of them. I don't, I don't, I don't care about them. They have given me nothing to care about. Um, I found them all to be like Meadows said expendable. I I didn't care about him either. I mean, uh, the moment I saw him, I'm like, "You're up to no good. You're part of the shit." Like, and I and I swear, I don't know this movie. I've never seen it. I just don't trust. I saw ET, man. That's enough yeah, to yeah. not trust motherfuckers in hazmat suits. <laughs> Fuck them if yeah. they show up. They're part of the problem. They're not good. They know already what the fuck's going on. Preventative measures count, yes, but I didn't trust them. Sorry. So my, uh, I didn't like. I didn't like that. The characters didn't really affect me. Um, the story is good. I, li- I like the story of, a, again, small town setting. Always classic. I'm from a small town. A lot of people are. We can relate to that. Um, but the characters just did not hit home for me. And this, this is a minor gripe, but the score, I, I don't notice it at all. So okay. that didn't help me. Um, that 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 there was no memorable theme like a reanimator or like a hellraiser or a candyman or something to go back to and be like you you it 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 keeps going over and over in your head, you know, like Halloween or Halloween Three anything John carpenter fucking sure. scores that there, there was no memorable music for an eighties film that 's kind of for me like a downer, like a little bit of a downer. the effects not a dislike completely but some of the scenes with the with the 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 um how you say that uh trans spotted transpotted i don't know how to say the word where they where where you could clearly tell that the background and the foreground do not match up at oh all. yeah,
0: like the green screen scenes when this when the um blob is big and they're trying to like fit shit
1: in yeah, and if you color correct that now, I'm sure it'd work fine but I didn't see the uh, color correction. I saw what we saw in the '80s, and it 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 took me out of it in those moments. I was like, uh. "What?" Sometimes I can ador- I can adore that, though. Like Clash of the Titans, I can adore whenever I see the effects at work. But by the '80s, man, I've already seen the thing, and that predates this film. So fuck off with those effects like no. well the difference with the thing is that was all practical so i i get that i get that and i and i know they're working with scale but it just didn't blend so i saw it and i, sure. I didn't like it that's yeah. it. that's no you definitely dislike. can see the
0: difference yeah
1: so i i think i think unmemorable characters sloppy not sloppy but but uh noticeable cgi effects um for, for what they were doing back then <clears throat> and no score, no memorable score to me. Um, I think those, those are the, the three things I, I, I count as a dislike. Okay. So <clears throat>
0: a couple things with me that did not work was really, it's going to come down to, um, I guess <sighs> The, the biggest thing is going to be with the, the story, um, as much as I liked, and to be honest, I was a little bit surprised because I was on the whole opposite side where I thought Meadows, I mean, the actor that played Meadows was, was superb because he came yeah. off and portrayed that like almost fatherly, like it's okay,
1: oh. this is what we're doing. I want to say no one gave a bad performance in this film, in my opinion. I, I liked yeah. everybody's performance. I just want to say that.
0: Yep. Yeah. So Meadows gave like a pretty sincere performance. So like, again, even though I've seen parts of this movie in the past, I was looking at Meadows and was like thinking like, oh, this is just a typical thing where the government sends people in and he's a legit microbiologist. And the biggest problem I had was with like the story is like, it's almost like they... I mean, it was a it was a nice little kind of twist thing, but it didn't really. Yeah, it, it's almost like they kind of slapped you in the face
1: with that big black I, well, dong.
0: As far as
1: <laughs> this big black, is what's going on? Big black, I saw I the love you. I saw the I saw the swerve, man. I and it's not because of any. It's not intuition or nothing like. I just I was like I didn't trust them. I'm like, nah, you're you're gonna be a bad guy. Every every a lot of movies have that where. The, guy, the the bad guy shows up and he seems nice, but he's really an asshole. So, I just yeah. thought, like, ah, oh, you're too nice, but fuck you. And then when they put him in the van, I'm like, yeah, fuck this guy. He's the guy. He's the one. He's the fucking asshole. I, I would have preferred a story that was not... He's gonna fucking murder E.T. if he had his fucking... his way.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I just thought that it was really convenient with how the the blob... I mean, clearly they're, they were working with and, you know, trying to perfect this germ warfare kind of deal. And I mean, it was really convenient with like a satellite coming down. Like how the fuck did this occur with a satellite? I mean, did you have this with the satellite? What, I mean, did they purposely make <laughs> the satellite Th- that whole part? Like, you know, after I saw the movie and I'm like, you know, doing the, you know, it's almost like after you get done, you know, at the gym and you're working out real hard and you're kind of like doing your wind down and you're trying to think shit over, you're like, what the fuck? This doesn't make really real, real sense. And you're, you're running stuff through your head that really isn't that important. But with this, I'm trying to figure out like, well, why did this
1: they, they, happen? They, they, they mi- they mentioned something about satellites, and so I think they shot it up into orbit and were planning on like dropping it onto a uh... – well, okay. The government, side tangent, has been notorious for committing crimes against their own people, even our own government, Oh yes, uh, syph- syph- syphilis and all kinds of other shit. Well, they were they they will experiment on chlamydia.
0: Is chlamydia in that? Can I blame that on the government or not?
1: Uh not that I know of, but oh, syphilis, okay. yes. Okay. Um, not that I know of. I wouldn't put it past them, though. But they, <laughs> they they will experiment on their own people. So, but but maybe they shot it up to go land on some enemy territory, and it they they mentioned something about a satellite fuck like some shit up. But yeah, that that that, that that's a. It's okay. So, in the right type of movie, and to me, this is not the right type. So, that's me tipping my hat there, or showing my hand, if you will. Yeah. The right type of movie that wouldn't be a big deal. Where, where did it, this? And come I from? agree
0: because this really isn't that big of a. Um, to me, it is. Yeah, I so- agree
1: with you. I, I didn't have it as as a dislike, but now that I think about it, and when I was watching it, I did for a moment question, well, wait, why did they, why did that happen? Why, why did it land here? And what, what's, why did right. it come from there? So yeah, but go, go ahead. No, well, well, I kind of put it in the
0: same realm as, is. it's going to happen somewhere. So it's really not that big of a, uh, I mean, well, I mean, it is a, is a problem I have, but it's not going to be a huge problem <clears throat> because I put it in the same realm as like, well, let's bring it back to the void that we talked about. Like you literally have nothing with the void. Um, and this movie gives you a lot more than the void does. So, I mean, we do know that, that, it's government controlled. It's germ warfare. But again, I would like to see a little bit more with kind of the history and everything that's going on, which doesn't really make a difference because they're just trying to tie everything together with the film because if you think about it i mean the movie is is going to be great if you're into that kind of stuff you're not really going to care about the details but you got to give them props with with where they're going with it as far as their background and you know the whole thing with the satellite and germ warfare kind of thing um but uh, i mean again this kind of comes back into me with the whole thing that I like movies that are long, extra long, fleshed out, kind of, you know, even though I love ambiguity, I even more so love, like, give me a a story and something that I can kind of chew on for the next couple days. So, that was one of my bigger kind of complaints with that. Um, Otherwise, I mean... I'm not going to sit here and nitpick this movie because the biggest problem I have with rating movies, especially older ones is trying to be fair with them and too much. I'm comparing them to more modern day movies where they do have a lot more flexibility with, with not only technology, but also acting. So I'm not really going to bash on this that much. So, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. But um, I mean, let's get into likes and y- your final rating on it. So, um, you know what, well, actually, no, go ahead. You go ahead.
1: I, well, I was going to say like, I I don't, I don't hold movies to those same standards. Um, I, I don't, I, I do consider the time and place. I do do that and you have to, but at the same time, alongside of that, I, I do still like I, – I look at it like, well, if this were released today, how would it play? Right. And so I factor that into my rating a little bit. But but I do consider the time and place. It's it's a case-by-case case basis, and I think that's what this movie is going to uh, come down to for me. Sure. Uh, you, you want me to say my likes and then uh, nope, rating? I'm no, I'm
0: actually – I was going to have you go first, but I am actually going to go first on this one. So – If you don't have anything else to say, I'm going to go first with my likes and rating. Okay. Okay, so people that have listened to the show have probably wondered why I shit on older movies is because I do have a hard time, I guess, kind of separating uh, them compared to the newer ones where I do, I will fault them on things that just don't age well, whether it's special effects or CGI or whatnot. But honestly, I was not expecting what I got out of this movie. So what, what I mean by that is my likes with this movie is, and I'm going to preface this by saying, God, I I'm, I'm so fucking happy that you are now a part of the show because (laughs) (laughs) we're going to be so different where I think people are going to like it because we're going to be, you know, opposite of each other because I disagree with you. 100% with the characters. I think that this movie took precious care with the characters in that they made you try to relate. They made you try to, you know, feel, uh, they gave you something with the characters. So when it comes to the Paul, which was killed off right away, they start yep. off the movie with a very powerful scene with him catching a touchdown you know and coming back in and then him and they built um, they build him up he built him up, yeah, he got a touchdown, and then they 're like, oh you know making things about the cheerleader um, and then he goes back out and he gets tackled, and he finally you know has the guts to ask the cheerleader out, you know and they built up those three characters, one of which dies off right away, same thing with Jeffrey DeMont's character, the sheriff, and the character in the um, diner, you know, they build them up, they make them, they humanize them, and you're like, oh, you know, I mean, that's awesome. This this 50-year-old or whatever, 45-year-old sheriff finally has the guts to ask this, because you can clearly tell that he has been going to that cafe, getting that same cup of coffee and that same piece of pie for fucking 10 years. He finally got the guts to ask her out. So all of this is culminating at this one point and they are working on giving you those feels with those characters. And then just like we talked about earlier, Frank Darabont and his fucking masterful writing is like, I don't give a fuck what you feel. This person's dead. <laughs> this person's dead. We're going to kill this person off. Fuck you. I'm going to kill him too. And that's exactly what they did. So I thought that part was perfect. Um, the, the, the practical effects really surprised me with how good it was.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I I mean, again, I, I'm not – typically I would, but I, I, I just can't give anything away. It's not this movie's fault that the CGI or the visual effects did not hold up. So I cannot honestly downgrade or take points away from this movie that I'm watching that's 32 years old because the green screen and the, the blob don't look good. So I, I just can't, can't put that aside. I love the Epic battle scene, but really what did it for me was, I mean, this, this movie would have been great in my opinion if it ended after that final Epic battle scene, but they went and they decided to do a whole nother twist and swerve with the reverend. So I thought that was just the fucking cherry on top. So I'm coming in at a solid 8.75 on the Blob 1988. Wow. I love this movie. I love this movie.
1: Wow. Yeah, man. Uh yeah, we will be opposite. Um and I hope hopefully I don't get too much shit for this. I know it's beloved. Um okay. <clears throat> so I like I like the positive, the like the positives that you're bringing to these characters. I love that you see things in it that I did not. Um, it makes me want to watch it again, and I'm a rewatcher, so I probably will. But upon this first viewing, I got nothing from most of these characters, like nothing. I, they were they were like one scene done, one scene done, one scene done. Frank Darabont killed them off indiscriminately, like they, he doesn't care. The effects are dated to an extent to where I was thrown off by them, and I'm a fan of shitty effects. By the way, I love movies like Street Trash. Okay, I love movies like that. This was off-putting sometimes. Other times, the effects were great. They, uh, I, I think, the movie blew its load at the beginning with with the deaths. I, I think they. Yeah spoiled too many of these good effects at the beginning and didn't save anything for the end and that goes a long way with having to me unmemorable characters, no score that I, I don't even know what the fucking score was, it was just music playing um, uh, upon first watch and I know this is a beloved classic I'm going to go ahead and give this a 6 out of 10 um, alright I don't I don't I don't love it. I would only rewatch it because you like the characters. Otherwise, I would probably never see this movie again. Yeah. I give it above average because the effects where the death sure. scenes are really yeah. good. They they're really good. Other than that, I don't really want to go back to this movie. Um it's it's you know, I the the blob not not a villain that we can really latch on to no. um, it, it's, yeah
0: it, it's more of like a yeah like you say it's not even a real villain what it does is it, it it produces suspense and tension and some
1: kills really yeah and don't get me wrong i enjoyed the movie i enjoyed it i'm giving it a 6 out of 10 it's above average it's above the the effects elevated Besides that to me it's it would be average. It would be like, "Eh, I saw it. It's cool." Some of the effects elevated it. Besides that, I don't really feel too high on this movie, man. Like, yeah, 6 out of 10. You I, know what? I, I respect that. I'm I'm glad because
0: it it brings about good conversation when we're off. So, I I do I, respect I, your I, 6 out of 10.
1: I love that you like the characters more than I do. Like, I it makes me like like I said, want to go back and rewatch it and see some of the things i I miss because I I clearly I first time watch I'm missing shit I'm not seeing everything, um, but on first watch, I, I just I just yeah I didn't get those characters I I didn't get except Scott I like Scott he was cool he was funny yep. he had a cool little trunk full of fucking booze and strawberries and shit and I love that that was fucking awesome. He was ready to fucking bang all night. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, That's Scott. Yep. Besides that, dude, I didn't care about anybody. Nobody. I didn't care about the sheriff. I didn't care about the waitress. I didn't care about Flag or Meg. I didn't care about her brother. I definitely didn't give a fuck about her brother. Um, Not to say a child death wouldn't shock me in a movie. It definitely does. Um, I won't. Well, um, yeah, I'm not going to spoil that go listen to our top uh <laughs> top 15 and yeah. find a find one movie in there that i don't spoil there either but god damn it it's in there <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh it's so brutal um but a child death in this look when i when i okay when i sit down to watch an 80s film i i have a image in my head or or like a like a a blueprint in my head and when you said earlier like doesn't it hit all those and I'm like yes it does but it's not to me it's not quite as classic as some of the other 80s films that that you could put up there with the blob and now having finally seen it I can see why it's not at the top of a lot of people's lists yeah um is it watchable is it enjoyable fuck yeah Watch the movie. I'm not saying don't watch it. Definitely watch it. You'll probably like it more than I do. Yeah. To any no, listeners out there. You know. I
0: it, it I respect that. It was interesting hearing your, your take on it. And it it honestly I'm I'm more intrigued that you are at a six and I'm pretty much at a nine than if you were at like a seven or eight. So um i i'm gonna say it right here if you do if you do rewatch this i definitely want you to bring this back up on the show so um oh
1: yeah i'd yeah, be yeah. curious to see if you did come up
0: or or, or even come down on it so
1: i uh, no, i don't think i'd come down i think i'm pretty solid at a six like no. as far as like yeah like i would only come up based on what you said like sure i, I I think I think it's good. It's a good movie. It's not a bad movie. I'm not saying that it's not bad. It's just not something I would go back to other than Boss Tuna said the fucking characters are good. And I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe I need to fucking revisit that. So I first time watch, it's six out of ten, but with potential to, you know, go up. Uh I like I like that you had it so high, man. And dude and to be honest, It's a classic. Yeah, and what I thought of was,
0: I don't know why, but for some reason, I was thinking of Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and I'm like, man, I was like, you hear a lot of people talk about Killer Clowns from Outer Space, but this is a far better movie
1: in my opinion. Oh no, no, I disagree. So that's that's where
0: I was a little bit surprised. I was like, no, the characters are a lot better. The kills are a lot better. no, No,
1: no. We're disagreeing. <laughs> we're full on rage. Rage. No, oh, no, man. no. It's true. Ah. It's true. So, and y'all talked about that movie already. So, we did, uh, yeah. We're done with that. Oh, I love killer clowns. <laughs> no, I mean, if you want to do it,
0: dude, watch that and give us a shotgun review on it. But in my oh, opinion, no, no. It's, I like it's, the it's... characters. I think the characters, you want to talk about characters? The characters in that movie are fucking paper thin. Every single one of them. Uh,
1: um, compared compared to the blob, some of them, yes, some of them, yes, some, yep, I'd agree, I'd agree, but I think there's a few standouts. So it's just you know, it's all opinion, guys. It's yep, we're 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 here just two horror fans, one from the Midwest and one from the South, just spewing our fucking opinions out there. Um, so, so yeah, eight, 8.75 out of 10 and a six out of 10.
0: Yep. Boss Tuna's 8.75 T at a six, anything you want to finish up, uh, wrap up with this before, uh, we move on.
1: Yes. I want to say, don't, don't, don't listen to me. Go watch the film yourself. Don't take my word for it. Take boss Tuna's word for it. Go watch the film. It's not, it's not, it's not. I just had my own experience. It doesn't matter. Go watch it for yourself. See it for yourself. It's still fun. I don't care even if my score is a six. It's still fun as fuck, man. Yeah. All right. So
0: wrapping this up, I am going to give one more reminder to Matthew Barstow. Buddy, (laughs) reach out, man. You are going to get a fucking awesome book for free. Uh, Ed Hoffman reach out to me don't tell Matt or do what kind of person reach out to me if you hear this reach out to me if Matthew does not get this it's your book buddy uh, otherwise uh, Tibu um, give us one last thing before we head out
1: I look forward to Darkness Falls Darkness Falls
0: All right, friends, stick around because (laughs) I have a special song to carry us out of part one. So other than that, I hope it was as good for you as it was for us. We'll see you soon.
2: Mm, That was incredible. Is it good for you?
0: (laughs) I've had better. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Your nose like a credit card Hop on top, I want to ride I do a giggle while it's inside Spit in my mouth, look in my eyes The pussy is wet, come take a dive Tie me up, I got surprise Let's for play, I wear a disguise I want you to park that big black truck Ride right in this little garage Make it green, make me scream Out in public, make a scene Why well, don't cook, I don't clean Let me tell you, i got this ring cover on me, swallow me, crisp down inside of me Quick job, pump, pull. let you get inside of me Tell him what you're putting, never tell him what you're about to be I'll run down, run for a half, Shit, bite your lip, ask for a car i ride that jet. You really ain't never gonna fucking up for a thing You already been spying up forget forget. Now get your boots and your coat for this wet-ass pussy you bought the phone just for pictures of this wet-ass pussy Pay my tuition just to kiss me, I'm this wet-ass pussy Now make it rain if you wanna see some wet-ass pussy Look, I need a hard head, I need a I need a Henny drink, I need a weed, smoke it. Not a garden snake, I need a King Cobra with a hook in it Hoping lead Oh, got some money, then that's where I'm headed Pussy in one, just like it's reddit He got a beard, well I'm trying to wet it I let him taste it, now he diabetic I don't wanna spit, I wanna go I wanna gag, I wanna joke I want you to touch that little dangly dang That's right in the back of my throat My head gave me fire, but now that's how it's going and drying It's coming, I'm I run on a thing like the cop is behind me I spit on his mic now he's trying to sign me You on, I'm a free bitch, hand he Just sweep my week make it feel like it's Put him on the knees, give me something to believe in Never lost a fight, but I'm looking for a beating In the food chain, I'm the one that eats I you ate my ass, he's about to feed Big D's have a big demeanor I can make you bust before I ever meet you If you don't hang, then you can't bang You can hurt my feelings, but I like pain If like, you fuck me, and that's cool, sis when I write it, they come and spell my name Yeah, 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 you're fucking rich or wet ass pussy Bring your bucket and a rough For this wet ass pussy Now from the top, make it stop, that's a wet ass pussy. Now get a bucket and a mop that's a wet ass pussy. I'm talking war, 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 that's a wet ass pussy Macaroni in a pie, that's a wet ass pussy. Uh, uh. my songs and I'll see you later stop it